Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. One of the most uh, astonishing videos that we've seen in a long time was the video from the Fastnet yesterday, lunchtime, taken by Paul Barron. He's out there um, and was right in the middle of the incoming storm and swells at sea. Um, and uh, it's about six and a half kilometres off the uh, Cape Clear coast. He was there with, or he is there with uh, Ronnie O'Driscoll, Dave Purdy and Malcolm uh, Gillies. They will go from there, I think, to Skellig Lighthouse when they can move by chopper. Uh, but that's a video that's doing the rounds online and some photographs of it. I see the, the story features in the front and inside pages of, of the examiner this morning. Um, it's a super story. I'll talk to uh, one of the lads out there a little later on this morning. But the Independent this morning says Storm Barra lived up to predictions. Uh, really? Uh, bad enough as it was. Unfortunately, a man did die, a former champion hurler died in a road accident yesterday a storm barra battered Ireland and three others were miraculously escaped death and I see photographs in the papers then um, of um, one of them in particular a massive big uh, articulated truck that overturned on the M8 in County Cork my god almighty got an awful flight I'd say and you have cars then uh, with uh, you know um, crashing into uh, trees that have been felled and what have you so uh, there was some issues for sure but the saddest of all of course is Marty Morrissey's mum his mammy died over the past couple of days and everyone's devastated obviously Marty certainly is his beloved mother was killed in a horror late night crash as the Red Tops all of the Red Tops have it on their front page today um, his uh, his mother Peggy Toomey understood to have been driving to a nearby hotel in Spanish Point to flee Storm Barra around about half past 12, just after after midnight, uh, when and she crashed in the early hours of yesterday morning into a wall and she died. And that's awfully, awfully sad. They say uh, that Peggy Toomey was a very independent woman uh, and much loved by all in the community, but nobody loved her as much as her son, Marty. And it's very sad. All of the papers talk of it today. Uh, so the storm, um, and certainly I think there's an awful lot of annoyance now with regards to parents who are pretty much freaking out that schools are closed today. Uh, so more on that in a few minutes' time. Um, the front page of the Mail today talks about 215,000 no-shows uh, for boosters. Now, I, I would kind of take that number with a pinch of salt because you don't know. There was all sorts of issues with people being double-booked. So you can't categorically say that 215,000 people in Ireland have refused the booster having got the first and j- second jab, in all fairness. Meanwhile, Michal Martin uh, continues to insist that the government did not prevent members of the National Public Health Emergency Team, commonly known as NEFET, uh, from doing media interviews or, um, you know, uh, spouting on about COVID-19 and Delta and Omicron and what have you. Um, he, he probably didn't, but certainly some kind of um, an ultimatum was delivered to NEFET members to, you know, cop on with wax and lyrical every single day and every hour, even though Michal Martin is denying that he had anything to do with it. Um, meanwhile, of course, um, back here on Leeside, we've got at least two pantos. Many other communities will have their own pantos, uh, but the Opera House and the Everyman have vowed, of course, and said that the pantos will go on. And the Opera House one makes this morning's echo today where they announced that the panto will proceed. Now, they'll have to work out their audience capacity and, you know, they'll add additional shows, I think, uh, to the run uh, to facilitate people who won't be able to go because it's 50% capacity. So that makes perfect sense to me in order to facilitate everybody uh, who've booked tickets and uh, also to adhere to the capacity restrictions. The Opera House will add an additional 26 shows 
to the run itself because they're down to 50% capacity. And Larry Tompkins makes the news because Larry says he's looking forward now uh, to meeting friends and former customers on the other side of bar counters because the Echo uh, talks today, of course, of uh, Larry Tompkins uh, selling up and a consortium uh, has bought the building and the pub not quite sure what they're going to do with it. They may leave it as a pub. They might turn it into an eatery. They might do a combination of both. Who knows? Asking price of 700000 But Larry is retiring. Uh, and uh, God knows he was there for many, many years. Food was always great there. Food was great from breakfast right across the day. And a score, of course, it was a super duper pub for sport. Uh, so it's sad in many ways. But enjoy retirement, Larry. Everybody loves you. thinking of you. And you certainly need a rest. The Ghislaine Max- Maxwell court case dominates all of the uh, international newspapers right across the world, to be quite honest with you. The Times UK this morning, uh, they can't get in there for photographs. So what they do is that they have these um, court artists that um, literally draw crayon interpretations of what's happening in the courtroom. So the papers talk of that this morning. They're really turning up the heat uh, on the uh, women who've come forward to say uh, that she was part and parcel of the grooming that ultimately led to rape and paedophilia activity from Jeffrey Epstein. So that Epstein, so that makes all of the papers today. And the countdown to Christmas continues, as you can well imagine. So, on the one hand, the Times UK is talking about um, the cost of a Christmas lunch. Well, we call it Christmas dinner. I don't know about the rest of you guys. But they're saying that in the UK, for four, the cost of the dinner... When you bring in uh, the turkey and the ham and the cauliflower and the carrots and the turkey, mind you, they quote a frozen turkey and the spuds and the Brussels sprouts and the cranberry sauce and the Christmas pudding and the gravy granules and the sparkling wine. Did I mention the parsnips? Roasted with honey, I hope. Comes in for four people at just under £30. So I don't know would that stack up with regards to the prices here. That's just for the Christmas. I suppose it depends where you where you buy. And some savvy Corkonians, like we were talking about yesterday, use three or four different supermarkets, at least. I was talking about that yesterday morning on the air, to get the best deals for all sorts of different parts of the Christmas dinner. But some of the advice in the mirror today says, do not wash the turkey uh, before cooking it. I suppose the same kind of advice would be given for chickens, right? Because apparently the water that splashes from you rinsing the turkey will spread turkey germs up to a meter. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a COVID alert. Um, and of course then that can contaminate all sorts of food surfaces and all sorts of food and you might be poisoning your guests or the family members. But the papers today also say that our top searches of the year um, make the papers because Google have, uh, I heard Lana did some of them there uh, at 9 o'clock. But the top search of 2021 was European Football Championship followed by the Premier League followed by coronavirus. And the how-tos were how to register for a vaccine but in second place was how to make iced coffee. <laughs> I mean, has that taken off? Is that a huge hit with people, iced coffee? Came in as the number two search, really. Um, another one or two of interest include recipes. The most Google recipe of 2021, pancakes, followed by waffles. I love this because in third position, thanks be to God, how to make shepherd's pie. I love it. Pizza dough, carbonara, cheesecake, vegetable soup, apple crumble and red cabbage. And other ones then include television shows that were searched in 2021. Bridgerton came in one, Squid Games two, Love Island three, and extraordinarily, people actually searched for information and details about Eurovision. 
So that's enough on that. There were the, some of the top searches of 2021. The Neil Prenderville Show. Oh, yeah, I love the one about the pancakes and the waffles as being the top ones. And he was talking about the fact that all primary schools today, all secondary schools, all college, uh, all creches, all play schools, all closed. And parents are freaking out this morning with the schools being closed. They're expected to go to work, yet the schools, creches and colleges are closed. And a lot of parents now don't have options of other childcare at such short notice. And why are they closed? I mean... There's not a puff of wind out there. There's blue skies. We'll have sunny spells a little later on. Here's a text from a teacher that says, there's no way they would have closed the schools if it was this time two years ago. This is a circuit breaker for them for COVID. Sure, once they closed in Dublin, that said it all. And that's from a teacher who's listening this morning. I never looked at it from that perspective. It's an interesting perspective. Use it as a circuit breaker. But sure, what good will that do when they go back tomorrow and we're all back to normal again? Uh, do you not think we get a lot of warnings and we get a lot of alerts and everything gets categorized and that we're getting a little bit too soft? Uh, unfortunately, there was some deaths. I know that. And trees were down and many thousands of people lost power. Uh, but I was in town yesterday and I know that Pat Phelan was um, snapping on Instagram last night, filming the city centre, which was absolutely deserted. There was no flooding. <laughs> it's absolutely deserted. And the sun was shining. I just, I don't get it. I suppose really you have to err on the side of caution, don't you? But we're in a world of warning after warning after warning. Let me pop out to Kaloshta Eamon Reish in Deer Park to our good friend, the principal, Aaron Wolf. Aaron, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are we doing? What are your thoughts on the schools being closed? I mean, you can kind of understand yesterday to anticipate what might happen. But today? Yeah, I suppose, look, they were just being ultra-cautious in a way that, you know, children travelling to school in the morning. They weren't sure whether they were going to have power lines down, whether there were phone lines yeah, down. Yeah. Some families didn't have electricity last night, maybe. Um, it is unusual, I suppose. Um, but look, teachers, were all in the same boat. I'm in the same boat as everyone else. I can't go to work because my kids are at home. So, we're, everyone is in the same boat. What happens then? What happens then? Do, do those couple of days have to be made up at another time of the year or what? There is, there is provision in the government circle about weather warnings that um, you could make up the time over Easter holidays or midterm holidays. It's at the discretion of the school to see whether this, the curriculum has been, have you fallen apart, have you fallen behind? But in most cases, schools then will make up for these days when, you know, we'd be closed for exam periods. And of course, some schools are still offering online classes as well. So, like, there are students that are going to classes still today now. They're logging on online. Online, yeah, online. But this is uh, this was not discretionary down to the school or the county or the city. This was just to all, don't open. Absolutely, yeah. So all schools last night were told that if you were in orange or red, you weren't to open. Um, it is an unusual step. I mean, I don't think it's happened before. We were closed before for weather for red, uh, for stromophilia, and the snow days as well. Um, and another time the schools closed, um, we were told then reopen. Uh, if you recall, when we had snow back in 2010, schools were closed for 10 days, and then one day in, they said, actually, you're going to reopen. Um which didn't happen this morning. Now we're we're we're, we're we are off. Um, now it is. It's a lovely morning for it's a lovely morning for a walk, isn't it? I tell you, well, it's the eighth of December. It's schools traditionally were always closed on the eighth of December, so maybe it's harking back to that a bit. Um, but yeah, it's a great morning, you know. And um, I suppose, look, families can spend some time with their children. And you were talking about pancakes. There, we're certainly making them in this house, you know, to present. <laughs> Teachers maybe get in a bit of Christmas shopping today, then I suppose. Oh, do you know well if they're not teaching online? <laughs> uh, that's the other thing. But, um, See, parents' oh, yeah, heads are wrecked because they have to go to work. They can't. They don't have. 
time or options for childcare. Schools are closed, creches are closed, play school is closed, and a beautiful day outside. <laughs> it is, I suppose. Look at the question for the minister because it was no school or board of management decided this. We were told by uh, the powers that be that we were closing and we didn't have a choice. But again, I suppose they made in good faith in that um, in the safety of children, you know. They will look, it wasn't so long ago since the roof blew off a local school in Douglas um, during a red storm. And, you know, I suppose those things were taken into account. But, yeah, it is... Um, what about the teacher who said it's more likely to be a circuit breaker from COVID? What do you think of that? Well, I did see that suggested there on a couple of WhatsApp groups and online yesterday that, um, it, look, it, it certainly will help that schools are closed for two days. It must help because um, I know we're told schools are safe spaces all the time, but you know, are they really? There's no proof showing that schools are safe spaces. Every parent in the country knows about um, outbreaks in classrooms and... Uh, my own children were going through different antigen tests there the last couple of days because both had cases in their classroom. It, it, it won't harm the numbers. Yes, if they want a circuit breaker, they might as well keep them closed until maybe the second week in January. So we're nearly into Christmas now. Well, you know, we are nearly into Christmas. And, you know, a lot of schools, my school includes, we start Christmas exams next week. So um, I'm sure that's all probably been thought about. And um, look, in January, the big question is, will we be back at all? Because the numbers are very, very high. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see. Interesting text on this. Somebody's suggesting, uh, easy to know the teacher professions on full pay when skiving. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I, I always say about teacher bashing, everyone can become a teacher. We have a sub shortage in the country. So anyone sat at home now would like to spend their day with teenagers all day you know get onto Hibernia or onto the PME and you see you can be trained up and you'll become a teacher and it's a fantastic career step up to the mark put up or shut up says you exactly, exactly. alright I'll let you get back to the pancakes or the waffles or whatever it is you're at alright ah sure Neil I might go back to bed even go on have an old snooze Aaron why not take the time you, enjoy you. it while you can Aaron Wolf. Uh, not at Galois to Eamon Reach in Deer Park but pancaking and waffling in uh, more ways than one of but leave the waffle to me and the waffles to Aaron. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. And you can text 0868104106. Without further ado, a man who's very, very popular at the moment because he posted a video uh, from um, uh, the Fastnet Lighthouse yesterday is Paul Barron. I want to get straight to him because he's still on the Lighthouse and I assume I have a good connection to him. Paul, good morning. Good morning, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks so much for taking the call. Incredible video footage from around about lunchtime yesterday, I believe, was it? That's right, yes. That was the highest of the storm. Like, we were in the eye of the storm around that time. It started around 2, 2 a.m., and by midday, it was at its highest, gusting about 95 knots, and from a westerly direction, it was a 9 meter as well. So it was a considerable storm. What, what's that wind speed, then? Is that like a 150, 160 kilometers an hour kind of thing? Yeah, there, thereabouts. That would be a rough guesstimation, yeah. Okay, so... so how does that feel? Just just describe it, because the fastnet I was reading in the examiner this morning is is it, is it the biggest and the tallest lighthouse right across Ireland and indeed the UK? It is. Yeah, apparently so. And it was built possibly a hundred years ago, so it's very solid. It's also it's stood a lot of other storms down through the years and a few other disasters like the fastnet race. It was um, in the media then as well. Like, yeah. So all the loss of life. Iconic Irish lighthouse. Does it? Did it shudder or shake? It shuddered. It. On the top, a small bit of vibrates. You'd feel the vibration in the um, in the in the lantern room with the with the strong wind. You'd feel the vibration convulsates at a certain frequency. So you can feel it move. Yeah. Well, no, you wouldn't really feel the tower move, but you could feel vibrations in the tower, like small vibrations as the sea hits the um, base of the tower. 
And is it like, is it noisy? What's the wind like? Because I think you were saying in, in an interview in one of the papers that all that separates you from it is a few panes of glass. Well, that's correct, yeah, but they're very thick panes and the astrals of the glass are very strong, so it's, it's very solid, it's a very solid structure. So you wouldn't be in fear at any time, no? No, no, you wouldn't be in fear because, as I was saying, it's been here for 100 years. It's built, it's built I think, around 1899 to 1903, so it's, it's here a long time. So how, how, do they, how do they actually construct it back then? Forgive me. I mean, is it into the seabed, obviously? Yeah, it's built on a rock, and it was built in layers that are interlocked together, like a, basically like a, sort of like a jigsaw puzzle. And it was built in layers. They start off with the first layer, which they laid in Crookhaven, and then they carried it over and laid, laid the first layer out here, and then they brought over each layer individually, as far as I know. I'm not 100% sure now, but that, I think that's how it, it was constructed. Amazing, it's, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's jig, like jigsaw together, so it's keyed together, so there's never any chance it'll move or fall. Because and how high were the swells? Swells are nine metres, so that's fairly considerable. So that would be upwards of like, what, 40 feet kind of thing? Uh, thereabouts, yeah, close to 40 feet of a swell, that's correct, yeah. And, and noisy? Yeah, it's very noisy. When when the sea hits the um, base of the tower, and you hear a lot of kind of a crashing sound and spray hits over the top of the tower, so it's very, very noisy. That combined with the wind speed and the noise that the wind makes as it hits the tower, it's, it's quite a noisy, very noisy experience. So when you're, when you're going through it, I suppose, you're kind of apprehensive all the time because you don't know how bad it's actually going to get, so you don't. Well, that's true. You're not really sure at, I mean, when will the actual storm start to moderate and move away, so you, you don't really know how long it's going to last. But when we're used to it, so we don't mind. What is there, four of you? There's you, Dave, Ronnie and Malcolm, isn't it? Ronnie O'Driscoll, who's the lighthouse keeper, and then there's Malcolm Gillis, who's an electrician, and Dave Pardy, who's a mechanical technician. What, do you do, what are you doing out there? You're servicing it from time to time, is it? Yeah, we, we're doing a routine maintenance. We come out every six months and we just check that all the navigation aids are working properly and the engines are serviced and working fine, make sure everything's in good condition to yep. maintain the navigation aids for the mariner. And then you, then you go out to the... I think you're moving then to the next one, which is on Skellig, is it? That's correct, yeah. Well, we do the 32 counties, so we go all around the coast looking after them all in various different teams. There's different teams constructed and are all kept in pods for the during the COVID pandemic. So we kind of stay with the same work, crew the whole time. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. To, for health and safety reasons and to keep but, risk to low of any, anything like that, you know. But when you went out to Fastnet, was that way before Storm Barra? Like, had you known about the storm coming? Well, we went out on Friday and we were expecting to get off on Tuesday, but the helicopter dropped us off on Friday. But then the weather kind of deteriorated, so... We weren't 100% sure, but it didn't really matter if we were stuck for a few days because we always had plenty of food anyway, and you'd always find something to do out here. There's always something that needs to be repaired or tuned up or tweaked or whatever, so it's not really an issue that gets stuck for an extra few days. It doesn't matter. Okay, it's probably fairly confined, I would think. Just talk to us a little bit about the conditions there. You say you have food, so therefore you can cook. I mean, do you have bedrooms there, or how does all that work? Well, the lighthouse was manned before, so each every lighthouse around the coast would have six bedrooms on them because it was three lighthouse keepers and three other bedrooms for people who went out working there so everyone would have their own individual room and then there's obviously cooking facilities as well because they were, they were all ma- manned so it's um, people live there for a period so like if somebody was living on it how long would they be out there? Well before they used to be here for three months sorry sorry, for one month one month on and one month off Crikey it's a lonely life isn't it? Well possibly it could be yes. 
suppose you could take it that way, yeah. It depends on the person, I suppose. So you have kitchen facilities, you have bedrooms, as you say. Have you television? Like, do you have Netflix? And you clearly yeah, have some... internet coverage with your own mobile phone and then there's television as well, like, so you can get television. So there's no bother in entertainment and you have plenty of work to do as well. Like, oh, yeah, clearly working hard, yeah. I don't know if you could... You don't have much time for television anyway. You're too busy working. <laughs> say, I'd say you wouldn't have been able to hear the television yesterday anyway, would you? Well, the television's down a little bit lower, like on the tower, so up on top to be very extremely noisy in the lantern room, but as you go down a bit, it's not quite as noisy because the walls are extremely thick, so it, it um, <laughs> buffers the noise a bit. How would you get any sleep, though? <laughs> the roar of the Atlantic. Well, I suppose... That's a good question. I suppose <laughs> you could sleep after. Once you slide there for long enough, you fall asleep. <laughs> Sounds it's as if you're well sleep. used to any situation, fairness to you, Paul. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I get used to it. I've been working for Arsenal for 32 years now. Before that, I was in the Merchant Navy, so I'm kind of used to the sea, so it not be much bother to me. So would, would the last couple of days have been a, the biggest and the worst you've experienced? Um, possibly, yeah, probably, because normally we wouldn't really be on the lighthouse for a big storm, but it's just this time that we were, because you know, on, the, on the mainland, it doesn't seem as stormy because you're sort of on terra firma, but yeah. on the lighthouse, you're kind of isolated a bit, so it feels um, yeah. a bit more... Vulnerable, as vulnerable is the word, yeah. And how will you get off? Is it tomorrow you're picked up by chopper? Is it? That's correct. Tomorrow morning we hope to be helicopter arriving for us. And the weather looks seems to be going to be better tomorrow. It's moderating towards the um, north. The storm is so it's going to be quiet out here now. At the moment it's only goes about forty knots, so it's it's not not too bad at the moment. Well, good luck with uh, the network today and uh, safe trip from there from there to Skellig. Thanks so much for taking the call, Paul. Mind yourself. No bother. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. If now. you want to see the video footage that uh, uh, Paul Barron shot yesterday uh, from uh, the lighthouse from Fastnet, you can check it out on our social media platforms on Twitter and on Facebook. Lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Just quickly, Joe. Good morning. Morning, night. Fascinating. Oh, yeah. That's a fascinating job, isn't it? Going around to the lifeboat to to the to the lighthouses. Your thoughts on yesterday? Uh, it, it was a very bad storm, right? I mean, uh, there's no doubt about that. It, it, it was fairly wicked, as he said himself, around midday in particular, you know, 12, mm. 12 2 o'clock, I think. Mm. But I, I, the reason I rang up was uh, I remember a storm, I, I don't know how, how many others remember it, the 11th of January, 1974. On a Friday night, I remember. I walked <laughs> well, you, even, you even know the day, never mind the month I do, and the year. I, I, well, I always had a good memory night with days and, and what kind of weather. I can even remember the Cuban Missile Crisis, and it was a very dull day, actually. I was playing outside the house at the time when I was very young. I was only eight years old. And I remember when the Berlin Wall went up when I was only seven. But, <laughs> but other than that, that storm of the 11th of February, or 11th of January, 1974, I, I don't think we ever saw the likes of it since. I, I remember a man actually on the television the following night. He was about 70, in his 70s, and he said he never saw the likes of it in all his life. It yeah. came in from the Caribbean. I remember getting off a bus actually in Mayfield in 1974, and I was blown back when I got off the bus at about 7 in the evening. And by 12 o'clock that night, the windows were rattling, bus poles were beginning to bend, and it was clocked at 120 miles, not kilometres, miles an hour in Cork Airport, and 128, I think, in County Down. And it was, I remember we had, we had a seat in the front of the house, or actually our front gate was lifted, it was gone, and it was over, lifted up over the roof. Was in the back garden. My father found it to follow him on. But do you, I don't know. There wouldn't have been as way as much, as much traffic on the roads back then. But do you know if there was loss of life? 
Well, I, I, I'm not sure about life. I think there was a few people killed, but there was definitely loads of cattle struck by lightning. I believe the lightning was, and turned on lightning at, at 3 or 4 or 5 in the morning, I believe, was tremendous. And it was ferocious. And you, I never saw the likes of it. Okay. And do you think that we that we hit the panic bu- button way too fast these days? Is that it? Well, I, I was actually saying before you said it yourself this morning, and I can understand the, the reasons for it. Now, we're being very cautious. Now, if there's a yellow warning, no, years ago we just had a wet, windy night. We have a yellow warning now, don't we? Isn't that where we're at now? We've gone from red to yellow. But yet it seems like yeah, and, uh, perfectly it, beautiful exactly. day Exactly, and it's, it's nothing like, I mean, if there was a breeze, no, they'd nearly give out a yellow warning. And do you think that we and do that, that too much? Well, I suppose they're just being, as you say, around the side of caution, you know, to save lives and property and that. But I, I, I think people are, are put on the alert now and they're, 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 they're panicked probably which is understandable, you know, when you hear uh, the, the names as well, when you hear a name given out, say Barra or whatever the name yeah, is. I know. I mean, that time, it, it, like you get, I mean, if you want to Barra, Ophelia, years, the Beast from the East, yeah. all this stuff, yeah. yeah. Even 10 years ago, we, we had a storm there in, in January again, I think just the 14th of January, on a Friday night again, actually, <laughs> in, in 2011. And <clears throat> I remember it, it was floods and I think around Bandon and some areas of West Cork and the following morning on the news, it said it was a very wet, windy night. The same the night before, it would be very wet and wet, very, very windy tonight. No names, no colour codes. And there was less of a panic, and I'm not saying that. When, it hasn't, when they have names, of course, they sound a lot more ferocious, even if they're nice, soft and cuddly names like Barra and what have you. But they, they, it, gives yeah. them, it gives them kind of a sense of authority and danger. It does, and it's, it's like America, you know, when they come out, and of course, it's ferocious in America, of course, with hurricanes and everything else and tornadoes. But when they, they come out now on the television, whether it's the Taoiseach or Tanisha or whatever, you know, or even Evelyn Cusick, you know, it, it has that impression, you know, where we're on the alert nowadays, you know, it's like as if there was a war yeah, coming. Yeah, you know? yeah, it causes and a lot of stress. Well, like, you see, if you don't know, you have to give the warning, I suppose, because you don't want people to die or you know, no, falling no. trees or you also want to let people know about potential flooding or power outages, you know, so of course. you're, you're caught no matter what you like do. You. Paddy McHugh, the man that died there a number of years ago, he remember he was a weather, um, weather man himself yeah. Um, yeah. for years. He, he mentioned that storm out to Pat Kenny as well, the big one in 1974, I remember. Back about 12 years ago, he mentioned it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I never saw the likes of that one anyway, and I don't think we ever seen it since. It was just a freak, I suppose, but it came in from the Caribbean. It just seemed well, weird to me yesterday inside in town. Everything, uh, there was some shops open, not a whole lot, but by and large, the whole place was closed down. And there was no, there was no storm. There's a bit of wind, all right, but actually, a yeah, blue skies and sunshine from time to time too. It struck me as, I suppose, how, what else can you do? Because you, you can't ask staff to come in risking life and limb coming in from no outside of Cork. You know, maybe they might get by a fallen tree or something. I don't know. You know, yeah. but that's one storm I never, never heard mentioned really. That one in '74. They right. mentioned like Ophelia, of course, which is only a few years ago. Another one's gone back maybe to the '80s or '90s or whatever, but. That one, I tell you, if there was names and colours that time, that one would have been really beyond red. Yeah, black. I'm talking about miles now, and I remember that 120 miles an hour clock at Cork Airport. Miles. Yeah. Gotcha. That's over gotcha. 200 kilometres. Gotcha. Yeah, that's certainly a 12 or higher. All right, thanks, Joe. Appreciate yeah. it as always. Take no care, yourself. Text 0868104106. Victoria says, really? And what do us, what, to, what, and what will full-time parents who work do? 
today with schools closed again. Aoife says, I think this should be closed till January. Leave the kids enjoy Christmas now without fear of catching COVID in school. Era, leave them shut now until the second week in January, they're saying. I'm sure the working parents will love to hear that. Ashling says, I smell a rat, a storm of convenience for the Department of Education. Let's see what they'll recommend for tomorrow or the rest of the week for that matter. Uh, and Dennis says, easy to know the teaching profession on full pay when skiving off. They're far from skiving. They're working under, or they're, they're at home under instructions. Uh, maybe they're happy enough to be home, but uh, uh, it isn't anything that they instigated in any way, shape or form. Aoife says, we need to take it seriously. There's uh, still areas without water uh, and a lot of debris on the roads. A large tree fell on the road uh, on the way to my daughter's school. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. Tree falls on the road and it's the... It's the pathway or the walkway or the driveway to a school. Then you'd find out what it was really like if a tree came down on a child. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Morning all, my son-in-law is in Sweden and at the moment there's almost a metre of snow. It's a regular thing. Guess what? Things are normal there. No panicking. I understand what you're saying. Thank you for that, Michael. But the problem, of course, is the not knowing of how bad it could be. And then, of course, there was the Bantry trampoline that we all saw yesterday. More on that in a few minutes' time. But first up, Lorraine, good morning. Morning, Neil. Um, How do you feel with kids being home? Um, I feel fine about it, Neil, because to be honest with you, my daughter's in secondary school and um, I, I said to Brenda there not la- all last week, all the week before she was she came home with headaches and stuff. Yeah. But it's because the windows are wide open because they have to keep the classrooms circulated, which is fair enough under the COVID circumstances. But my reason there as well is that, I mean... Their jacket is part of their school uniform, but they're not allowed to keep them on. Depends on the school, isn't it? What school is that? It's the Mon AG. The Mon AG. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is the Mon AG boys you and know. girls now? It is? It is, correct. Did, that, that only changed recently, I think, did it? No, it's been like that for my eldest daughter went there as well it's isn't like that amazing I didn't know that that's fantastic that's fantastic okay so obviously she's um, she's feeling the cold but they have to stick to uniform not allowed to wear a coat and have to kind of layer up over under the uniform is it? well the thing is then you see my daughter says that she can't put on extra clothing because you'll find it very hard to move about especially because you know your school jumpers thick enough anyway but it's, it's just that when you're sitting behind a window being opened all day What's that leading to? Has she got an earache, ear infection, pains, headaches? She, well, she had all the above, as you said. Really? Yeah, and vomiting. Vomiting? Why would she be? Is yeah. She, is that anxiety or worry or what? I, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure, Neil. But I know I had to get a PCR done, so I just it took thirty six hours for the results to come back. And that was fine. Thank God she was COVID free. No, I'm just wondering, is she vomiting in the mornings before going to school? No, when she goes in. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. You're happier to have her home then, are you? Of course, of course. You know what I mean? Sitting in the cold like for seven hours when you're not allowed to leave a jacket on, but yet the teachers are all wrapped up. I mean, I don't see the reason to pay 70 euros for a school jacket when they're only wearing it to and for school. So there is a school jacket. Are they? You're telling me they're not even allowed to leave that on? 
No, and there's, I mean, it's part of the uniform, Neil, because there's a crest okay. on them. And what is the, what would the teachers be wearing? They're obviously wearing their coats. Well, according to my daughter, they're wearing their jackets, their scarves, and you name it. So the students are wearing no coats, looking at a teacher at the top of the class with a coat on and a jacket on or a scarf on or whatever the case may be. Gloves, maybe? I, I don't know, no, no but no, I can't answer the gloves because she's still asleep. <laughs> right, okay. Well, she's having a well-earned rest and lie-in uh, for a change. Yeah. All right. You know, okay. it's just so that I think that's the reason that the schools are closed is because they have to have the windows open. Which as I said, I do understand it, you know, to keep out the, the uh, it's easy it's easy for us to talk like that, but if it's six degrees is, outside or four degrees outside when you're sitting there with windows open and it's four or five degrees outside, it's a different it's a different ball game entirely. It really is. Of course. You know, of course. It is. I feel of for course. them. Thanks so much, Lorraine. Cheers. Take care. Much obliged. I saddened to hear the, hear the messages recently, particularly from a teacher who aired his views on children not being allowed to use the toilets without medical certs. Just wondering if there are any parents groups or parents of children in secondary schools in Cork. Uh, my feeling is parents don't want to tackle this on their own. We should bandy together as a group. This is actually what, you know, picking up on Lorraine was saying there. I have a highly anxious daughter who's still afraid to show her medical note to a teacher to go to the toilet. Her anxiety has been pushed through the roof by stupid requests and rules. I don't mind rules. Obviously, they're required for adults, teens and smaller children. However, I feel refusing a child who's just turned teen first year and starting her periods, refusing that child the use of a toilet is despicable. And then to be made feel afraid to show her note since she was told she would get into trouble if it was seen in the hallway. I don't understand that. That day she had a major accident on account of this stupid rule. I wonder if you see if you see if there's any platform for parents to discuss these issues. I wouldn't like to be dealing with my school on my own. Not because of myself, but because of my daughter and the fact that she is so anxious. It could make school even worse for her. Um, I saw many parents from the area where my daughter attends school um, commenting on the matter. I could contact them individually, but I think it would be great to have a place to have open discussions. I understand if you're not interested in this for whatever reason. I just think it might help some children and teens feel less anxious in a place that there is that is that is there to help and support their education rather undermine rather than undermining them and their bodily functions. Um, thank you for that. That's just another example uh, of kids and teenagers. In this case, her daughter going to school with anxiety and fear and worry and just being cold and also limited access uh, to toilets. Sometimes it's only at lunchtime. And unfortunately, then, of course, there's a very long break. Um, lines are open at one 104 106 We'll pick it up after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 104 Red FM. Oh, I love this. I didn't get time to do this yesterday. Thanks, Jen, for getting in touch. She says, can you give a shout out for my partner, Scott Kelly, who has gone into silence for seven days, all in aid of orphaned children of Belarus. If anyone would like to donate, please go to the GoFundMe. It's under Orphaned Children of Belarus. I think it's a fantastic idea. He's, uh, uh, it's my understanding of this correctly, uh, Jen, that Scott has gone silent for seven days in the sense that he will not speak at any time to anybody for seven days and nights. I mean, that's a challenge. Like, if I'm reading that correctly, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do, to go absolutely stony silent, unless you're a, unless you're a nun in a closed order, I suppose. 
silent for seven days. So good luck with that one. Oh, and a quick one as well um, for the guide dogs uh, who need a plug because they're selling a vast range of Christmas trees to suit all houses and commercial premises at affordable prices out on the Model Farm Road. And all of the proceeds go, of course, to the Irish guide dogs. And Shannon Sullivan got in touch and he said they're open for early morning to late afternoon, seven days a week. And you will be, of course, supporting a very good cause. So that's an interesting mention, or that's an important mention to make as well. So is this. It is day three of our 200 euro vouchers. Today and tomorrow, another 200 euro voucher for Michelle Jewelers. And on Friday, a 1,000 euro voucher to give away. 1,000 euros. Every day, three songs that are kind of bling related, diamonds related, gold related, sparkly related. All right, so you need to identify the artists and titles for your chance to win a 200 euro voucher for Michelle Jewelers on Patrick Street. Don't call just yet, but here are today's three songs. All right, those three, ideally in that order. I'll play them a couple of times again between now and midday. Open the phone lines around about 10 minutes to 12 and you can get dialing. Those three songs in the correct order could win you a 200 euro voucher uh, today, another one tomorrow and a grand on Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Michelle Jewelers. Lots to do between now and midday, but of course we continue the countdown to Christmas and you got to keep the Christmas tunes flowing. Big shout out as well to my wonderful daughter Kate O'Brien working early mornings in the micro lab in the Mercy Hospital. Happy Christmas to all and indeed still a lot of storm barra. What's all this nanny minding about? What if we had a real storm? And another one, John says, we're turning into flaky wimps afraid COVID's made us so afraid of everything. Uh, come on for God's sake, says somebody else. It's hardly a red weather warning. The country shuts down for a bit of wind and rain. It's ridiculous. Patients cancelled yet again. Schools closed to across the country, it's a joke. What kind of meteorologist do we have at all? I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And you can pick up the phone on one 106 and get in touch. Quite a lot to deal with. This um, this only just came in because Kira is up to 90 with worry, of course, because yet another scam for you guys involving not the banks, but people purporting to be getting in touch with you from the bank. Kira, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. How are now, you? I know that you're a single mom. You're rearing three kids on your own and your bank account was wiped out yesterday. Am I reading yeah. that right? What happened? Yeah, that's it. So basically yesterday, about five past 12, um, I was about to get a text message on my phone from the bank. Yeah, I have that here in front of me here now, if you don't mind. And, and I it says, look at the message and it says, do you mind if I read it? Because thank you, you sent me a screen grab of it. It says, we have noticed suspicious activity. Our fraud prevention team will be in contact with you. Confirm reference to verify before proceeding. And they give you a reference number. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So within that, I got a call from this lovely gentleman from the permanent TSB bank in Dublin who had my name. He's Sorry, not a great line. I lost Sorry, you there at name. Yeah, I lost you there at name. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, gone again. Hold Sorry, on there. Can you hear me? I don't know where are you. Are you up? Are you in a rural area or where are you? 
No, I'm just up in Holly Hill, so okay. I'm not that right. far away. Can you hear me fine? Yeah, go ahead. You said you got a call from a fella, a lovely fella, you thought. Lovely, lovely guy. The permanent TSB Bank in Dublin, who basically said there's been suspicious activity on my account. Automatically, you're going to go into the auto drive and say, what the hell? Yeah. So he said to me that he works in the fraud department team and that he's seen on my account that there was a transaction made in Argos in Brentwood in England. So I said, no, that wasn't me. So he kind of said to me, are you sure you haven't given your details out to anyone in England online? Have you, you know, given your card? Mm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. So he said, look, you know, unfortunately, this time of the year, with people being scammed, it's Christmas time. We would recommend that you cancel your card immediately. So I said to him, yeah, definitely, like, that That needs to happen straight away. So he said to me, um, so I sent you a link, basically, to your account. So he said, if you click on the link, you enter your three-digit code. So, um, sorry, just bear in mind, while I was on the call to this guy, the number that he called me from, I actually Googled the number while I was on the phone, and this was permanent TSB. It wasn't, like, a fake account. It wasn't a fake number or anything like that. This was just a permanent TSB number. Okay, this is, they use an, um, an 0818 number now, don't they? Yeah, Like exactly. the, the new free so, phone ones that we'll all have in January. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like an 089 number, an 086. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you Googled the number and it came up as permanent TSB. You thought your man was legit. Oh, absolutely. Because I said to myself, you know, this wasn't a fake number. And when I Googled the number, you could clearly see it was the permanent TSB. So I kind of like furthered the conversation unless, you know, he said to me, you know, it's unfortunate this time of the year that people are going to do this. And, you know, like our department team here would just advise you to cancel the card. So like in the background, it wasn't like he was on his own. You could clearly see, or you could clearly hear his co-workers next to him. Yeah. Um, so I said to myself, right, okay, this must be a call centre that they're calling me from. So... When he said to me to click on the link, he said, okay, Kira, the call is going to stop recording. Um, we're going to just get your three-pin code. As soon as you enter the code, the card is going to be cancelled straight away. So, while I was on... You still there? Yeah, can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, it just keeps I coming and going, but I'm mad, we're mad keen to hear your story, so I'll bear with you. Go on. You clicked on the so, link. Open24.ie. So you have like a six digit code, like one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So I put in my three digit code that I had, um, went straight into the permanent TSB uh, link, the website. It wasn't like it was like a URL or it wasn't like forward slash anything like that. It was straight into the permanent TSB link. Anyone that has permanent TSB would know if you go into your Open24, that's exactly the link you go into. It wasn't any suspicious on the link. Yeah. So, um, sorry, gathering myself now here. Oh, I know, I know. So, because I was so upset yesterday, I cried the whole day. So, in the end, anyway, I went into the link, put in my pass or my three digit number, and he came back on the call. He said, thank you very much. He said, he said what? He said, we got your details. He said, from the card, we're going to cancel the card immediately. Um, you'll receive a new credit card in the next seven to ten days. There will be nobody touch your account. 
um, anybody that, that would try to touch your account, your card has been cancelled immediately. So... Do you look at that the account? Was, was there, a, you know, when you were in there, did you look and see if there was anything bought in Argos in the UK? So this is, I'll tell you what happened afterwards. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm that was fine. The card, the card was cancelled. He was absolutely so nice. If he stood in front of me and told me that today was Sunday, I would have believed him. He was the most genuine, nicest guy on the phone. He said, we're so sorry about this. We just have to go on and just contact the customers. You know, we don't like anyone to be frauded by anything, you know, and especially that it's been used in Argos in England. You're living in Cork in Ireland, so we can immediately straight away. Yeah. So I was like, that is absolutely terrible how somebody could do that. So he was like apologetic. We cancelled the card. There will be nobody allowed to use your card. You can go onto your open 24 yourself just to make sure there's been no suspicious activity on the account thanked him I said thank you so much I said you know whatever and I'd say about maybe 30 seconds later sitting down with my daughter we were having a cup of tea and I said I better just check that that actually through in the UK mm-hmm. so there I was onto the account there was 2 euros 50 cents in my account and I was like what the heck this is wrong so he took 654 euros straight from my account while I was online to him to a Revolut card. Transferred it to a Revolut card. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just seen Revolut, 654 euros, straight over to a Revolut card. I burst out crying. I was like, what the hell? This guy has been calling from the permanent TSB bank. Why would somebody do that? So immediately I got off, I, I got off the phone and rung the number back. So, no and behold, I run the number back and got straight to the permanent TSB bank. And I said, I've just had to get in a call from somebody in your department, the fraud team, to tell me that there's been somebody using my account. He cancelled my card. Cancelled my card and cleaned out my account, you probably said. He swiped my account. Yeah. So, this lady that I spoke to said that basically you're actually being scammed. These guys are professionals. They're called fishers. I think that's the name that she called called them. She said for a living, what they do is just basically stay in a room. They monitor calls all day long off the internet. He was so professional in what he said that I believed him. Now, I was kicking myself because I said, how did I get caught for this? I'm so vigilant with these things. I do not answer any calls. I do not let anyone use my bank account except me. Or if I was buying something for the kids, let's say online, which would be Amazon or shop locally. I don't ever buy anything, let's say, Mm. overseas or anything like that. So... I'm not going to lie, the permanent TSC weren't that great with me. They said, we'll investigate it. We'll put it and basically somebody will get in touch. So I kind of said, but who's going to give me back the money? Mm. So she said, well, look, you know, we'll investigate it. Um, and basically that's it. So I said, is there any declaration form I need to sign? Is somebody going to get in contact with me? So she said, call back maybe Thursday or Friday and we see what we can do. No, I think they will give you the money back. I think they'll have to give you the money back. I'd be surprised if they didn't because you didn't give permission. You know, people are scammed. A lot of the time, the reason that the bank refused to give them the money back or to refund money to them is they say, well, you spent it. You were scammed, but you actually gave permission for the money to leave your account. In your case, you didn't. 
So on that basis, 100%. Yeah, yeah, on that basis, 100%. I mean, this is this is all you had, wasn't it? Six hundred and fifty-four euro for Christmas. He basically left me with the price of a bottle of milk, yeah. two euros and fifty cents. Yeah. So yeah. I'd like, be astonished know, if they didn't, and I also would be astonished if they couldn't reverse the transaction out of Revolut. Maybe, maybe you can't do that with Revolut. Maybe that's the joy of Revolut. It was a pending transaction. Basically, while I was on the phone to this guy, who basically said to me, "Oh, we're going to mute the call," and as soon as the call had been muted, you know, like you know, so in other words, you know, I don't know, I don't will not get your number. Nobody else in the department will. It will just be you that will be. Yeah, but he's just feeding you a load of BS. You know, and he's being nice to you and talking to you. He's just he's just keep he's just keeping you on the phone so you can't check the account while they drain the account. That's he's just keeping you sweet. Yeah. Yeah, That's all exactly. That is. So, yeah, where he was he, incidentally? Did somebody say he was? Did somebody say he was in was. California or something? I don't know where he was. He could have been anywhere in the world. Okay, because because eight one eight is California. Eight one eight is California. You see, there's a difference in the numbers as well. Um, the permanent TSP number is 0818. And the number, because I have your recent calls number from your mobile phone, is is not 0818. It's 818. And I'm wondering, is he in California? Well, this number that I called back that he rung me from, you know, brought me straight to the permanent TSP. No, so no, I looked, I looked at your call log. The number you had was plus 353 Five zero two four two four. Permanent TSB would be zero eight one eight. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you rang the number on recall, did you? I just rang it back straight away immediately because I was going to say if I got true, let's say obviously you rang it on recall. You rang it on recall, yeah. So they're well, they can yeah, mirror. Yeah, they can mirror people. The number that brought me straight to the TSB bank. So yeah. I was like, what the hell, you know? Uh, it's a TS. It's the TSB's problem. Yeah, so I'm hoping because they weren't very confident about this. And look, you know, I got you to a lady who's probably in a call centre who doesn't know either. But I'm just hoping that there'll be a file against this. Now, I did ring the Gardaí also in Gronabarher, who took the details. And the lovely guard just, you know, just took my name and number because I was so upset. She said, you're clearly very upset, but we will have to take a statement because, you know, it's illegal. It's, you know, against the law to this. It's a criminal offence. You yeah, know? I'd be very worried about numbers coming in with a plus three five three prefix anyway. Because if I get calls in Ireland, I never get that. I would just get oh eight seven, oh eight six, oh eight one eight. I would get oh one, but I'd never get this plus three five three and think that it was legit. It's easy for yeah. easy for me to say. Oh, I mean, yeah, I got I, I got one yesterday. The phone and say, you know, you know, it could have been a, a driver from DHL. It could have been anybody, you know. But look, you know, I'm just making aware to people. You know, it doesn't have to be an oh eight nine number. It doesn't have to be a number that you don't recognise, just be very cautious. And look, you know, I got stung and I'm hoping that this call will make awareness to other people. You know, just do not enter anything on the phone. Do not enter any websites. Do not enter PIN numbers like that. You know, after all, you know, what happened, I've learned a valuable lesson. And also, you know, never, the bank will never ask you for details off the phone. Yeah, I don't even think they've called people, do they? I don't even think they do. I don't think so. But it's usually like, the know, other way around, you calling them. This is the thing, though, I kind of was thinking to myself yesterday afternoon, if there was suspicious... 
Yeah, what you, I'm t- the line isn't the greatest, Kira. We managed to struggle through it, though. But what are you going to do this side of Christmas if you don't get the money back from the bank? I don't know. It's just a waiting game. I just have to wait and see. Are they going to get in contact? But how will you? Co- but how know. will you cope? Look, you, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on the bright line or anything like that. But it was just very disappointing to see that somebody did. I was very, very upset about this yesterday. And you know where you, I mean, he was claiming to be from Dublin. What did he? You can never tell with call centres anymore now because it's a you know international workforce. But was did he sound as if he was Irish or from Dublin? No, Neil. I'm not going to lie. He had an English accent. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's you see, not discriminating anyone. No, when you see with call centres, they they can be from all over the world. You don't know exactly. anymore. Exactly. Exactly, you know, but this guy was so nice, fierce nice, not that nice today, in my opinion. Um, How do you get your details, I wonder? That's the thing. That is the thing. I don't know. I don't know. I suppose you got got your details from an online purchase you made at some stage. He must have, but like, you know, again, this is what he said to me, you know, he was like, are you sure you haven't made an online purchase? Are you sure you haven't bought something overseas? We're very concerned that your card has been used. You know, we need to cancel this immediately. I was like, oh, 100% go and cancel it. He was so, so nice about it. But look, you know, he was scamming me. And like, as he said, it was a complete load of BS. I know. You know, so I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But like you're, you're not. You're, you're, are you going to be okay? It's only two or two and a half weeks to Christmas. Like, do you need anything? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know, I know. Look, I don't mean I to sound patronising to you, but I also I don't want you and your children going without either. I know, and look, you know, look. I obviously had a few Sandy presents to get and things like that. You know, for the kids and stuff, and um, which I was clearly upset about yesterday because I say, oh my god, am I going to do? I spoke to my boss about it. He clearly said he'll help me out if I need anything to coming up to Christmas, which was... Okay. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's Not a great line, but let's see firstly what the bank say. This is Wednesday. Hopefully you might hear something maybe today or possibly tomorrow, but I, I, I really do want you to come back to me before the end of the week because, um, you know, if you don't get the money back... We'll make it right for you in some way, shape, or form to help you out, you know? Yeah, and thank you so much. I just wanted to just highlight... Oh, I know, I know, but I would be concerned for you and the three children, and it's tough enough trying to earn a crust as it is without some cretin taking money from your bank, so... And, you know, it was just, you know, it was just kind of ironic as well how it happened yesterday on Children's Day, which was quite annoying, you know, that the money was in my bank account and all of a sudden it was just being swiped. Okay, all right. Well, listen, listen, let's see what the banks say on the matter. Uh, don't don't stress over it because we, we'll help yeah. to make we'll help to make it right. Let it be a warning to people. I got one yesterday. I was just saying that to you. I mean, you get them all of the time, but one came in yesterday. Was it by text? I got it. It was by text. It came in from the AIB. It says uh, your AIB online access is suspended due to unusual activity. To restore yeah. access, please follow the steps, and they bring you to a place called AIBOnlineUpdate.com. But when you go into that, because it's okay just for me to just click that, but go no further. But when you go into it, they actually they actually ask you to put in all of your bank details and PIN number. Yeah, see, this is the thing. I was only asked for my number. It wasn't even like my Open24 number. It was just my PIN number. So this guy clearly had this worked out straight away. Yeah, they're, they're one step ahead all of the time. They really and truly are. are. They? But they don't yeah. care of the damage they do, say, for instance, no, in your case, to a, single mom, to a single mum with, with three kids. You know, no. I, he doesn't care. Okay, well, put it down to experience. Put it down to experience, but don't stress on it yeah. in the short term. Just, just hold on a second, Paul. Yeah, Neil, how's it going? Okay, my conversation with Kira prompted your call. What's up? 
yeah, look, I've a, I've a daughter myself and a couple of grandkids, and I hate to see them scam the So, if TSP don't give her the, the, the money, I'll give to um, her a good year at work. Um, so. He's had a good year at work here. He can he can afford to splash it about. In fairness, oh, I know. Come here, come here, come here. There's a limit. Um, yeah, but listen, I guess so. But I'm not putting into a credit card. <laughs> uh, I don't have a credit card. <laughs> that was not the in, that was not the intention of our phone call. It was to warn no, people, no, for no, God's no. sake, stop yeah, and yeah. think before you react. Oh, thank you so much. I really, oh, no, see, really appreciate it. I get these calls myself. Oh, um, for God's sake, tell yeah, me about yeah. it. Tell I me know, about. and you know, I work with the public, you know, and, you know, I would never hate, I would hate to see something like that happen to somebody as well. So, Paul, thank you so yeah. much. I will be oh, in sure. contact with Neil. Oh, let me know how the bank goes. If that doesn't work out, um, Paul is always there in the wings and he's a true gentleman and a good Samaritan. What, what, what do you do, Paul? Can I ask you? Um... I'm a man of mystery. <laughs> Keep it that way. You're my Call kind. Back, you're my kind of guy. The milk tray guy, is it? <laughs> Call me Batman. <laughs> Call me Batman. We'll call you back, Batman, all right? Okay, but... Oh, tell him thank you so much. I should ask typical of Cork people all of the time. They, know, never, is, they never let me down. The kids, the kids went upstairs and started opening their savings, Jen, and we're like, Mom... Ah, we, stop, we, you we, You crying. know, and I said, guys, stop, you know, just remain calm now. But, you know, like that, the kids again, they were trying to help me out, and I was in such a panic, yes. I was saying, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? You know, it's two and a half weeks to Christmas. But look, I, I'm hoping and I'm praying that the bank will reimburse me. All right, well, don't leave it too long. Get back onto them again and ask them if they can move on at ASAP with the decision um, and uh, maybe ask, it, ask them to move it up the chain of command. But if it doesn't happen, you know, you won't be short, OK? Because Paul the Batman will sort you out and then... Uh, Neil, thank you so much. All right, girl, much. come back to thank me. I'll be waiting on your call, call, all right? Cheers. Take care. You'll get texts and you'll get emails and you'll get phone calls. And, and the, the way the world is now, you just can't trust anybody or anything. And you can't take things at face value anymore. And you just have to be so, so aware. Because um, there isn't a week goes by that I don't get something like that constantly on the phone. I mean, a lot of the time the phone picks it up and you get this scam call alert on it or potential fraud. But not all the time. But the text can be very worrying when you're asked. Because you're in the moment and you panic and you click a link. And then, of course, you're in the zone and you, you follow the instructions. And before you know it, as is what happened to Kira, she was completely wiped out. Lines open on that text 0868 106. I want to say good morning to Susan at uh, Saucy Pups. She got in touch again. She says, hope you're all doing well. Thank you for the unreal shout out you gave me in my business in April. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I got some shock listening to the radio. Anyway, Susan has opened a pop-up shop in Douglas Village Shopping Centre opposite Tesco and in there she has all of her cork based products now she's a fabulous fabulous artist artist and her latest range now include christmas cards and beautiful little coloured cards, gorgeous graphic cards, beautifully, beautiful painted of places like Fountainstown, Knocknaheeny, gorgeous colour, Douglas Village, Crosshaven, Myrtleville. She's even got gorgeous cards called Sending Love from Cork. They're beautiful and they're all available in there. So if you want to get Cork cards or indeed, you know, cards from your own locality, and I mentioned a few of them there, check her out in Douglas Village Shopping Centre. But she sent me a thing called Date Night, the Cork edition of Date Night. Anybody ever hear of it? Comes in a little pouch like this, a little black and white pouch. It's beautifully put together. It's from Saucy Pops. And inside in it, there are these game cards, like as if you were playing a game of, um, you know, Monopoly or Cluedo or 30 Seconds or whatever. And what you do is you shuffle them, right? 
you shuffle all the cards. Say, for instance, yourself and uh, Albertino wanted to go on a date night, say Friday night. I wish you would you you would sit down across the table. I'd shuffle the cards, right? And then I'd pick out a card, or you would, or whatever the case may be, and you'd see what it says. It says, <clears throat> hit the leisureplex for a game of bowling and order some pizza. Or another one. Um, uh, 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 turn this up the right way. Take the train to Fota for the day and stop for a drink in the Dean afterwards. <laughs> Walk along the leaf fields and stop for a coffee at Boxed uh, at the drive through on the way home. Get some takeaway food down the marina and enjoy it while sitting on the banks of the Lee. I love it. Are those cards going to babysit for our three babies as well there? Because <laughs> we haven't had a date night in about four prefix years. Th- prefix then. <laughs> Get a babysitter, go ring the Shandon bells and head to the Franciscan well for pizza and drinks. Don't you think this is brilliant? Yeah, yeah. Like you nice don't idea. decide, he doesn't decide, the cards decide. Yeah, but can you change the card if you don't want to go there? <laughs> That's the thing. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. What's that? Get a takeaway pizza and watch the sunset from the top of Patrick's Hill. Lovely. I'll d- will you take the kids Friday night so and we'll go out on a date? We'll use those. That's grand. Sorted. <laughs> no, I won't, but maybe Susan at Saucy Pups will. I think that would be, I mean, I'm sure she's selling these as well, the date night cards, the Cork edition. There's loads. Head into town for some ice cream and waffles in Gino's or Casanova Gelato. I, I wonder if she getting the sponsor no, it's just for it's just for lazy people or people who are just a Lovely little bit idea. challenged in the date department. Yeah, Go yeah. zip lining in Farron Woods and stargazing with hot chocolate afterwards. Very popular, actually. We do that a lot. We because obviously what, Santa's hot chocolate reindeer. or stargazing. No, no, no. The zip lining because we go out. Obviously, Santa's reindeers are all out at Farron Woods at the moment, getting ready. So we're out there a lot, <laughs> looking at the stars, looking at the reindeers, looking at the stars, saying, "Where did it all go wrong?" <laughs> I don't know about that I was just saying to my husband recently we're 12 years together and we've never been better we killed each other for about 10 years <laughs> it, only, it only gets better yeah. here's another one an evening stroll in Kinsale followed by Kinsale food obviously a salty bag of Dino's yeah, yeah. I think these cards are fantastic great gift and a great idea for a date night check it out yourself ok back after the break talk to Neil Printerville now 1851 Red FM. People are wondering um, how can these uh, scammers or, or fraud calls or phishing actually have the bank's number? Well, there's uh, there's software available now where they can just change a number. So let's say their number is 0211111111, their real number. They can just change that with software for it to appear as the bank's number. Uh, you won't know that. You'll think it's the bank, but their own number is actually hidden and changed by the software. So that's how that works. So they can actually pick any number they want and change their number to it. So when you call it back, you actually end up calling the legit number and not the scammer's number who's hidden behind it, if you know what I mean. I hope that makes sense. Anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. text 0868-104-106. Um, yeah, I'll come, back to, I'll come back to other stuff in a minute. I'll stay with this for a while if you like. James... Yes, good morning. Um, just picking up on that, somebody else saying, I got the same text, Neil, it was actually the AIB number as well. So that's how they do it. They mirror the numbers. They find the bank's number that's legit and they hide their number behind it. Anyway, go ahead. Well, there are two agencies that are involved in this. The phone system is supposed to be a secure system, but the bank system, if you go up to your bank machine and try and draw out a certain amount of cash, most people have a daily limit. And it won't allow you to draw out anymore. Why can you not have a similar process in place on your account? I asked the bank about it, and they cannot do the same for transfer of money. No, not they can't. They won't. 
or they it's not available. Yeah, but the, everyone has a limit, isn't it? Something like a lot of cases, it's two and a half grand a day or something. So my case is six hundred. I'm poor. No, I'm and I'm saying that. I'm just thinking you're gonna have different limits on your accounts, and she probably had. You can pick your limit. So why not? Like I mean, you know, again, if you're away in a different country something, some of the banks will come and they'll stop your transactions they and they'll say, it's not an unusual activity on your account. Yeah. Now, the other bank I have an account with and the, and the Bank of Ireland, the Ulster Bank are excellent. They're very, very secure and they will stop your account at the first sign of any unusual activity. Yeah, your point is that if six hundred and seventy-four euro went out of her account, the bank should have some, should should have not have released the money without sending her a warning text. Double authentication. Yeah. Double authentication, and the other one is we're supposed to have a secure phone system. But like, I mean, there, there seems to be no problem in the system. The last day I rung Bank of Ireland and asked them, they said, did, did, did the text come in on our thread? Independent thread. Like the, the thread, isn't it a thread you call it, yeah? Yeah, I don't know how they get into the thread, but they do. So you can get, um, like, say, for instance, I'm using myself as an example. Yesterday's one, uh, you know, online access is suspe- your AIB online access is suspended due to unusual activity. Just above that is a legitimate AIB text that I got. You yeah. know, the double, yeah. the, the double authentication text. So. The same thread. So, like, I mean, surely. But like what system of security are the banks, they, they had a very antiquated old window system. Like there has to be some way of protecting your money. If you leave your car into the garage and the garage gets your car stolen, you're irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. Like you leave your money into the bank and they get it stolen on you. They don't seem to be Well, I would think that if a, if, a, if, a, if a scam text comes into the same feed of texts from the legitimate bank number, then the bank are liable. Well, like I would have thought that, but their attitude was, which one did it come in on? What you can do? And I asked, can I put a level or a limit on what would be transferred out of yeah. my account without my authentication? Well, no. Now, at the end, if you go to the cash machine, I can only draw 600 maximum per day. Yeah, I think there should be some automated system within the PS, PTSB that if a woman with 672 euro in her bank account suddenly draws out 670 of it and leaves two in the account, a warning light should go off. Something, an alarm. A red flag straight away. Yeah, absolute. That's the better way to put it. It's a red flag straight away. All right, good point. Thanks for Why that, don't they James. Put the money into it. Why don't they put the money into doing a better security system? Well, uh, maybe, maybe they would if they had to pay out every time it happened. Right, you got it. Yeah. That's the point, yeah. Thanks, James. Cheers for now. Julie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Um, you want to pick up on a story. I actually dealt with it just after nine this morning. The alleged amount of people who aren't turning up for a booster shot, is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, I um, got a text over a week ago to say that my COVID, COVID booster job was due. And I got the text directly from my GP. And uh, I have an underlying illness, so they asked to make an appointment. So I rang last week to make an appointment and the first appointment that they had available was the 7th of January 2022 for my booster. Um, so, what, so who actually got in touch with you? It was um, a web text from my GP saying that I was due my booster vaccine okay. um, and to contact them to, to make an appointment. I've had nothing from the HSC and I just, I suppose I find it incredulous to hear last night and again, um, even this morning in the media that thousands of people are missing their slots and not turning, not turning so up. So when you call for the appointment, it's, mo- it's almost mm-hmm. a calendar month away, while at the same time yeah. they're saying 215,000 people have mm-hmm. not showed up for boosters. 
Exactly. Like less than half people, the people who have been given appointments since the end of November have turned up for their booster. So I just don't understand why I have to wait a month. And this was even a week ago then, so you're talking five weeks. And then, like, Tony Hulin was on yesterday and he announced, you know, saying to everyone, don't wait till after Christmas for your, your booster. Get it now so you'll be set for Christmas. It'll give you extra protection. And here I am sitting thinking, well, why am I waiting for five Left weeks? Left hand I mean, doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and are you in an age group 50 to 59? Um, I am I, I am fifty, but I have an underlying illness, and that's so you should be able to tomorrow. You should be able to go walk into yeah. pharmacy or GP. Well, I, you should be able I to get. So I'll do it tomorrow. But but I can't go to the GP, Neil, because that's the seventh of January is the first one. So I don't understand how people can walk into a GP and, and get it tomorrow, even in the fifty age bracket, because. You know, I, I just, I, I don't get it. As I said, like over a week ago, I rang. I was told 7th of January, and that's my GP. So even if that's the case, and I'm 50, and tomorrow I can walk in, I still couldn't walk into my GP. I, I, I couldn't understand how that would. So your GP got you know, in touch with you. You said, okay, I'll yeah. do that. Got onto the GP surgery, and they said, yeah, we'll see you on the 5th of January. The 7th of January. 7th of January. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's yeah. a delay by your GP, really. Not, not, nothing mm. to do with Neffet or the HSC. What if you were? What if you were to get on? What if you were to get onto the HSE and book an appointment? Well, this is a thing we can't book. You can only change or cancel. But the point is, if they send All me right. a text tomorrow and they say to me, "Oh, you're in the age bracket now of fifty, go get your your boat booster, go to your GP." But sure, is that not going to be the same thing if I ring the GP and say, "You know, I'm ready for my booster now"? And just ask the GP why it's a month mm-hmm. away. Why does it take so long? I didn't. I think I was just in, uh, I suppose I just thought that there was a delay or maybe there was an overload of people there was a queue so I just thought you know just wait my turn and then I think last night and this morning when I'm hearing in the media yeah. that's, that's what's yeah. annoyed me and I'm just finding Tony Hoolahan has pleaded with people to get their booster vaccines within a week <laughs> to be protected yeah. in time for Christmas yet when you try to do it it's the 7th of bloody January 7th of January 2022 so I mean like you know as I said I, I tended to do it before Christmas of course and everything we, we won't have a lot of family or anything like that calling us up yeah but you, you're keen to get it protected done and prote- exactly yeah. and protect us other people and I do have an underlying illness and that's why I had received the, the text before the age bracket so I, right. just, I just find it incredulous and as I say even if it's the 50 age bracket tomorrow so I ring my GP and say, can I book my vaccine? What are they going to say then? Is it going to be another week or two after? I find like it extraordinary. That I don't know how busy yeah, your GP yeah. is, but a month to have an appointment to just get a well, job. Yeah, I think every GP is busy at the moment. But what I find is well amusing. Yeah, but wait a second. If you, if you were unwell or you had, a very, you, had a, you had a banging headache or migraine or something and you rang your GP... They would hardly say to you, oh, yeah, okay, I know you've got a splitting headache. I'll see you on the 7th of January. It's just, especially when the COVID cases are rocketing, if you, in underlying illness, I would have thought that you'd be first in the queue. And that's, in a sense, why I got my text, you know, to say, come come in now, even though you're not yet in the age bracket, but you need to be done. I just, I really just find it incredible. I'm just thinking, like, they're advising me, Hall Martin and... Tony Hulin are advising people to use different avenues. Go to your GP, go to your pharmacy. You know, they're trying to push to get the vaccine. What's the point of going to the GP if they don't have appointments till January? Well, what if you oh, went yeah. into a pharmacy? Well, I will tomorrow if I can. I'll go to a pharmacy tomorrow and I'll, I'll see if I can, you know, but 
I just, I just don't, uh, I just can't understand, to be honest. And I can't understand that if tomorrow hits and other people ring their GPs, will they be told the same thing? Uh, I just assumed that there was a huge backlog. But reading, as I said, in the media and hearing all over the media last night and today, that, that's what's, what's annoyed me. I, I, don't, just, be, I don't believe the 215,000 figure, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. I don't, I don't think that, that mm-hmm. why would one person, 215,000 people have two shots and refuse a booster? I mean, it makes no sense. No, it doesn't. You try to do the right thing, but uh, you try to do it as quickly and as safely as you can. It's like saying the 215,000 people have changed their mind about the vaccine. I, d- I don't know. I just find it, as I said, I can't believe that I have to wait five weeks for a booster. I will try tomorrow once the age bracket comes in for 50s up. I'll try tomorrow 50 to 59 tomorrow and see right. if I can go to a pharmacy. But Okay, problems with the phone lines this morning. I leave it there, Julie. Yeah. Let me know how you get on tomorrow. Sorry for cutting you short, but the line is starting to crack up on me. Robert, good morning. Couple of quick ones there for you, Neil. Oh, my old buddy, um, all right, go ahead. <laughs> my wife, was at, um, she had two Pfizer jabs, right? Yeah. And she was offered the Moderna booster last week. Yeah. No, she wasn't going to take it because she kind of felt that she got Pfizer first day and she stick with Pfizer. No, last night I heard that the government um, uh, announced that they're over, they have a load of Moderna vaccines in stock going out of date. Neil, why would you take a vaccine that's going out of date? I wouldn't take it. Uh, it, well, so, it, I mean, I suppose it's still within its best before date. Doesn't matter, Neil. They said that they have a load of them to offload and they're going to give it out to people now first to offload them before they But hold on, Robert. Let's hang on a second. If it's still within yeah. its best before date, get them into arms. <laughs> Don't dump them. In all fairness. Just, well, anyway, first of all, I know she wouldn't take it because she was Pfizer and she's going to stick you with Pfizer. Now, second one, this is for the last caller. She registered last week, Neil, online with Irish pharmacies to get a booster jet. And if you go onto the website, you get out of the list of pharmacies within your area. Mm. She, re- she registered with a pharmacy in Bishopstone, mm. which is near us. She got a cancellation this morning and she got her vaccine this evening. Yeah, I think that's the smarter way to go, keep your options open. But you see, then, for instance, when she, let's say she w- does that cancellation and gets it done in a pharmacy and has an appointment booked somewhere else for 10 days' time in a GP's or something, that's why they're so, calling, that's why they're calling them no-shows. They're not no-shows, well, they she, just got it faster somewhere else. Well, yeah, well, she cancelled her appointment from the HSE. Yeah, but maybe those that don't cancel it are being called 215,000 no-shows, which isn't accurate. I can understand that. Yeah. But anyway, my, my, my kind of advice would be to go online for the pharmacy one and chance that. She's going to do that tomorrow and she's going to come back to me and let me know she gets on. She'll get your vaccine this evening at 5 o'clock. How's life otherwise with you, pal? <laughs> uh, fairly hard and cold out there, Neil, out trying to walk in the building trade, I tell you. Are you outdoors? I am. I am. Building stone. Balls? I tell you, it is. Oh, it is, it is Baltic. Yesterday <laughs> was, well, we didn't go yesterday, no. But today, no, yeah, we're um, back at work today, no. But uh, it's tough going walking out, outdoors, Neil. Oh, and, uh, you know, you'd, you'd have to feel sorry for all the fellas in the building trade outdoors. That's real and work, Robert. That's real work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to a break now uh, over Christmas and, um, you know, looking forward to maybe getting off a few freebies off you, you never know. Hang in there, kid. Hang in there. God is good. Take care for now. Cheers. <laughs> I went for a walk in Booster yesterday. They wouldn't give it to me because it was a few days off the six months since my last job. I had to head home. Ridiculous. As some specialists said a few days and the difference didn't make a blind bit of difference. I went yesterday to the walk-in 
Um, I went yesterday to the walk-in. On December 20th, I'll be six months from my last job. Uh, well, I'm not going to second guess as to, you know, what, what kind of time difference they, 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 um, they engage in. You say that a few days wouldn't make any difference. I'd say the same, but maybe you'd get a medic or a clinician would probably say differently. Anyway, lines open. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Marion, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, I'm just on there about the, the booster. My husband had got it from his doctor after having the two jobs. He's 70. Um, that was five months after it. And he got three different notifications from the health service to come in to City Hall to get the booster. Now, we tried to online when they text us to... Um, Say that we've he had already received the booster, but all you have on it is reject, and he didn't want to push that because it looked as if he was rejecting it. So we, I eventually got on to HSE to tell them that he had got the booster. Now I reckon that there's a big difference between the people that got the booster from the doctor yeah. and the ones that are getting the city hall. There's no connection there, obviously. Yeah, and I think that so those cancellations, those no shows. Reason. I think those no shows are just not no shows at all as such. I think so, yeah. And because their system doesn't say received or otherwise it just says reject, that that's why there's a huge amount of people looking as if they didn't get the booster. Yeah, yeah. whereas the figure yeah. is probably much lower than that. They're and probably you, can, you can walk into the City Hall actually if you've had it, if you've had your last job five months ago you can walk up to City Hall you can go straight in and receive the booster. Is it five months or six months? Because the texture says I went for a walk-in booster yesterday in City Hall. They wouldn't give it to me because I was a few days off the six months since the last job. It's five months you're telling me. Well, I got it five yeah, it months. It is five months they're telling me now, yeah. I think so, five months, yeah. They, once you're there for five months on the day even, they will give it to you. They will allow you to go through. So I, I don't honestly think through the City Hall. I think there's just a lack of communication between doctors' clinics and the health service. Yeah, but just to be clear on this, he says he was a few days off five months and they refused him. So it has to be exactly five months. It has to be exactly five months to the day. So I was in there a day before it and they, they told me to come back. No, you have to have it on the day. <laughs> you were a day yeah. off. 24 hours you'd be, off. You'd, 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 be, you'd be two or three days off. They will not allow you in. And I suppose that's protection for everybody, really. It's, prob- it's probably it's protection against you having an adverse reaction yes, to the vaccine yes, and potentially so. suing them. So. And legally, yeah. you'd be... You'd win your case. I didn't do so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. It's probably more to do with legal reasons as opposed to medical reasons, I think. It's quite possible. It's quite possible. And I suppose, you know, the way the system is with insurance and otherwise, and, you know, the way people sue so quickly nowadays. exactly. I really can't blame them for doing that either. Fair play. Thanks for that. Mind yourself, Marion, back after the break. Text The Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM. With our Just Like Home hampers to the four corners of the world, the globe. My son Killian Hickey is in Perth, Australia for the last 11 years. He listens to your podcast and enjoys keeping up with all the news. This year we're missing him so much. He has a new nephew, Evan, that he hasn't met yet. And I know this will sadden him. I wasn't able to send him his Christmas parcel because the post was stopped to Australia. Last Christmas I didn't mind that he wasn't home as I foolishly thought he'd be definitely home during the year. Christmas this Christmas is so much harder from an Irish mammy, Greta Hickey. Thank you for that. My big sister is in New York and my beautiful niece Anna is age 10 and very 
fast growing. Tommy's age seven. We haven't seen him in way too long to remember. There's nothing I can say other than we miss them so much. They were due to come home on holidays in the summer of 2020. It was going to be a big with uh, more American friends in tow with a visit to Dublin and Tato Park, a camping trip to the kingdom and all the sites here on Leaside. A boat trip was planned on Cork Harbour. These are just a few of the things we had planned. To everyone's disappointment, none of it ever happened. It will happen someday. We'll make sure of that in 2022. Um, we would love a taste of home to be sent to them and a lovely hamper would be a great surprise. They deserve it and would love it, says Sharon Quinn. Lovely email, thank you. Uh, just uh, love the show. Keep myself entertained each morning by tuning in with my cups of Barry's tea. I'd love if you send a hamper to my son in Adelaide, South Australia. He's there with his wife, Marie, and their two children. Their second child, Aaron, was born October 2019. Nobody in the family has ever met her. Uh, and they won't be able to return for a holiday anytime soon. I think they are lonely, wondering when they can ever make a plan to come home. I know they'd be chuffed to receive a gift from your radio station, trusting you'll do your best, says Phil McCarthy. I wonder if your son was never in Australia, would he have ever named his child Aaron? It's a beautiful, beautiful name. I wonder, is it being away like that, you think of Irishness more? I'd love my son Adrian Hayes and his wife Emma and their little son Ronan would get one of your parcels. They're in New Zealand. None of his brothers the sisters have ever met their nephew. Isn't that so common now because of the last two years? All these children born overseas. But Ronan would be three years old in January. I was to go over for my sixth year to visit them last November, so I don't know when we'll ever get to see them. Um, wishing you and all of your staff and friends a safe and happy Christmas and a happy new year for 2022. And that's from Brenda Hayes. Keep those emails coming. We'll pick out a few winners just before midday today and get the parcels rolling across the world, courtesy of ourselves, and just like home.ie. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Yes, indeed. And right across the week, we have 500 euro vouchers to give away for the Furniture Centre in Blackpool, providing Irish-made fabrics, beautiful furnishing, furniture of all sorts and shapes and sizes for over 40 years out in the Watercourse Road in Blackpool. So good morning to all of the family and all of the staff. So a 500 euro voucher every day this week. And it's all to do with your Christmas traditions. Got some beautiful emails and texts all during the week, and I'm going to have some calls on it as well. So the um, Christmas traditions, maybe they've been handed down from generation to generation. Maybe you continue something. I noticed that theme in a lot of the texts over the last couple of days, things your parents did or grandparents did before that you pick up and run with. So you can text on that one, text 0868104106, email neil at redfm.ie, and every day a 500 euro voucher to give away, and another one between now and midday today. But with the countdown to Christmas, continuing. I was telling you that Seamus will be doing a lot out and about between now and Christmas Eve and he was visiting Yall District Nursing Home recently in Gertrude in East Cork and he got an opportunity to catch up with some of the residents and yesterday we played a lovely snippet of one of the residents there and I want to do some more of those across the week. So here's another one for you. He was chatting with this lady. Her name is Sissy. The lovely Sissy about her memories of Christmas of old. My eldest Christmas memories was I was about five or six and my mother she was always wearing a turkey for Christmas and we'd have the turkey Christmas day and I always remember daddy he'd go out and he'd get the red berry holly and decorate the 
house with the holly, put a spig behind all the pictures and on the, the windowsill. And we always had a big candle on the window lighting Christmas night, celebrating the birth of our Lord. At Christmas then, we'd, uh, I'd always get a doll and a prem, and I'd be rolling the doll and prem to put her to sleep. Innocent. <laughs> and Did you always look forward to the same thing every year? No, we wouldn't get the same thing dinner every year. We hadn't lost those outfit in the following year for the doll. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the boys then they'd get cowboy swords and the following year then they might get the gun and, and pell- caps little pellets we never visited Santa he used to always come he used to always come on Christmas Eve to wake up to Santa yeah. then we'd all get ready for mess mess on Christmas morning it was very special do you think Christmas now is too commercial? Oh, definitely. Definitely it is, yeah. We lost the many Christmas altogether. Yeah, we really did. The meaning of Christmas to you, what is that? Well, the Christmas Christmas dinner and a Christmas, Christmas morning mess. And we come home then for the dinner. And Christmas night, because we had no electricity, only the eye lamps. As the sun goes, the eye lamp hanging from the rafters. They said there'll be snow at Christmas. That's a winner. That's Greg Lake, and I believe in Father Christmas. That was a lovely little chat there with Chrissy, and she talking about the holly and uh, little sprigs of it behind all of the pictures and behind all of the holy pictures, and then, of course, the Christmas candle in the window, and I'd say that's going back a fair few years. Fair play to her. Actually, talking about a bit of reminiscing, I got a lovely email on the po- again, uh, Jim McKeown stays in touch, Cork author and playwright, super guy. He says, uh, one Christmas as a teenager, I was going away somewhere with my buddies, so I looked in the oven um, to see a lovely cookie, a lovely turkey cooking away inside. Uh, so I cut off a few slices and I took the leg to take away with me. They were heading off on some kind of a scamp and uh, he took a few slices of turkey in the leg. A few days later, I discovered that the turkey was belonged, was belonged to a nearby travelling family. Uh, there was several caravans nearby and my mother used to read and to answer their mail and their post for them and sometimes she would cook for them so I lived in little caravans she never mentioned anything about it to me but I often wondered what the poor traveller lady said about her one-legged turkey <laughs> she, gave, she gave it to your mother with two legs and came home with one leg <laughs> and a few slices off the breast <laughs> Today is Jim's lovely wife's Margaret's birthday. So a massive happy birthday to Margaret for today. Uh, over 50 years together and happy out. Um, and he actually said at the same time, he said, um, seven-year-old kids now get 50 euro cards, 50 euro in their cards, and they get a television for their room or they get their brand new mobile phones. So be it, says he. What can you do? Christmas was never that much to me. He says, I just hung my sock on the bed in hope. Old sock bigger sock the better one of my first presents in the sock was my first banana yeah you'd always get a bit of fruit in there wouldn't you it was an apple and an orange an orange 
or a banana. He says, I ate the skin and threw away the inside. I suppose you'd be confused if you were facing up to a banana for the first time, Jim. Then later, it was a little cap gun. That was grand until the caps ran out after about five minutes. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no stockpile of caps, you see, you know. Be shooting like mad for five minutes and then wondering, so this is useless when the caps are gone. Another year was a flash lamp with no batteries. When I was 14, I got a pair of Wellington boots. Happy days? My wife's 71 tomorrow, um, and uh, when she was one year old, she got a teddy bear. She still has the manky, one-eyed little thing somewhere up in the attic. Get it down, pal. You can get them, you know, there, there are teddy hospitals now where you can get them brought back to life. Get all of the body parts repaired. The glass eyes reinserted and what have you. But morning to you all the same, Jim, and to your lovely wife as well. Some beautiful Christmas traditions for you. And we have uh, some brilliant vouchers from Furniture Centre and Blackpool to give away. 500 euro every day. We have a tradition, thanks to my late mam and dad, Tom and Phil Briarley and Cove. Every Christmas day, after our dinner at about five o'clock, we would gather in our parents' house and Santi would visit with all of our presents. The excitement was unbelievable with the children and the parents. My mam would bring neighbours in and there was always a present for everyone. It was the highlight of our Christmas. This was on Christmas Day. The children would be in awe when Santa asked... Uh, did they like the presents they got under the tree? Can you imagine the crowds and the parents and the grandparents and the great-grandparents and the children and the neighbours? There was often over 40 there, and the thrill of getting something from Santa himself was unbelievable. Happy memories, says Jerry McGrath. Well, of course, they're telling you that you can't have 40 inside the house on Christmas Day this year. Um, Rachel in Yall says, My tradition is cooking uh, my cider-glazed ham on Christmas Eve. And the smell of cider and spices throughout the house. Oh, man, I can't wait for it, she says. And the Christmas Eve stocking is allowed to be opened. Wow, special dispensation in some houses to get stuck in early. You know, I often wonder, I, I think if I was, you know, be put up before a firing squad and had to answer a question or I'd be shot, I probably would go for the ham faster than I would the turkey. And I think, to be honest with you, it would be ham first, then the spiced beef, and then the turkey. I could kind of take or leave the turkey. I mean, if it didn't appear, it pro- I don't know. Maybe I'd miss it. But I'd have to have the ham and the spiced beef. We used to spend every Christmas up in St. Luke's and my grandparents. This particular year, the local butcher pulled a fast one and offered my grandmother a good deal on the 25-pound turkey. I remember Christmas morning. <laughs> she, <laughs> she had a concrete block up against the oven door. <laughs> She had a concrete block up against the oven door to keep it closed. <laughs> it was well gone six that night before the bloody thing was cooked. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. And remember, as always, for the 500 euro vouchers for the Furniture Centre in Blackpool, you need to text me your Christmas memory or your Christmas tradition um, and get involved in the conversation yourself. So text 0868104106 with your favourite Christmas memory or a Christmas tradition. A lot of people, it's visiting the cribs, of course, and then Christmas Eve stories of Santa Claus and the lovely one of the children shouting up the... Shouting up the chimney on Christmas morning. Thanks, that day. Stuff like that. So keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. So that's the dealio. And we'll come back to it a little later on this morning. But I'm backed up with calls. And I want to be fair to people. Uh, Paul is standing by. First up, Kevin, good morning. 
Morning, Neil. How are things? I'm good. Um, for me, I got an interesting email from Margot. She says, you're dead right. People need to get on with their life, get your jabs, wash your hands, use your head. Stop talking about this. It's all so depressing. The whole COVID story and the narrative goes on and on. But but having said that, um, tell me about your own situation. Well, I tell you there now, we were out with COVID. Myself, my son, um, we done the test. We done the antigen test, positive. Yeah. Then we done the PCR test, positive. So we stayed out of work. Then we applied for the uh, illness benefit, which you're supposed to get for 10 days when you're out of work. Yeah. So we applied for that, got nothing. Emailed them, they emailed me back, said I, I, I sent it in the wrong format. So like that was on the 9th of November. Today now is the 8th of December. What do you mean by format? Like, is this something you do it online? Is. No, it is just the way you send it. You have to forward on the text you get yeah. from the HSE confirming that you got the, that you have COVID. Yeah. So we forward that onto them and everything, and got nothing else. So that's quite straightforward. Like, you can't you can't so mess think, that up. No, no, no. But like this is it. You just send that to them. But I think what's going to happen now is like, say, you're only getting three hundred and fifty euro. So like, that's less than half your wages. So like. If fellas aren't going to even get that, they're going to come to work with COVID. I know what you're saying. And say nothing. Like, I know I had no symptoms or anything. Yeah. Done the right thing. You got penalised for it. Yeah. And do you, do you, you think know? you won't get it at all or is it going to be... Oh, I'd say not at all. I'd say like, that was a month ago now and I'm after emailing them. Like you even try to ring the number you, that they give you and then you go to all, press the one buttons, all that. And then at the end of it, they say the lines are too busy. We cannot connect your call. Okay. So, so if people if people know that there's this could potentially happen to them, they're liable to say nothing and just go to work. Oh, I'd say definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd say I'd say that was happening anyway for the last twenty odd months. You know. Oh, I'd say so because like if you're getting no payment, what's the point in staying out? You know, at this time of the year. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what we're going to do now because the, the job doesn't the job nothing. doesn't pay when you're out with COVID. No. No, no, no. I think no, some, I think yeah, some yeah. do, don't they? Oh, I don't know about that now, but it's not to go do it ourselves. Yeah. Well, we were paid now, all right, for the PUP. They kept that going for us. Yeah. But I'd say when you're out for the 10 days with the COVID, you have to sort it out yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you did all of the right things, and then when you turned all around... All the right thing, yeah. Stayed out of work for the 10 days, isolated, staying home, and didn't get nothing. Like, working all the year... And then they pay your tax and stamp everything, and then you get nothing. I know, and and you think that you think that you won't get it though. I mean, I wouldn't give I wouldn't give up on it if I were you. You know, you're entitled to it. Okay, that's can't get through. Emails are a waste of time because I don't reply. What department are you getting onto? Illnessbenefits.ie. Illness at mywelfare.ie. That's what they do. Like, would they just not get on and do it? Yeah. Yeah. Got nothing anywhere near. So I just I said that's the way it's going to go. I said lads, we're just going to go into work, say nothing, and work away. Yeah, I know. Just saying. All right, thanks, Kevin. Yeah. You're recovered yeah. now, are you pal? You're back, uh, back hundred percent. No symptoms, right? No, nothing. Yeah, came nothing. Walk yeah. and said nothing. Yeah. How did you? How did you know? You I just came did... into work and said nothing. Yeah, you could have done. Actually, if no, you'd never done a test, you'd never have known, really, would you? No, no, no. Only for the PCR test. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's he said that my son was sick. He just saw through it. So he tested positive on the antigen test, and then he done the PCR positive. So he said because we worked together. So he said, eh, "I better do one for positive." So I no, no there. symptoms at all. Like not no symptoms, nothing. I had nothing. My son had a sore throat, and that was it. 
If I came into work, no, they would have known anything. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Thank God. I that, like. Yeah, asymptomatic, they call it. All right. Okay, yeah. cheers, Kevin. Take right, care. Need, okay, bye. All the best. Bye. Not the greatest phone lines in the world, uh, but we'll plough on as best we can. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone. I mentioned earlier on, actually, about the whole thing regarding, um, you know, uh, Storm Barra and what have you. And then there was videos doing the rounds of trampolines. What is it with trampolines? I guess the wind gets up under them and they're like a, they end up like a flying missile because of it. Um, but I did get some interesting pho- um, photographs of them. One from... Uh, somewhere down in East Cork, I think, and there was another few of them flying up around uh, uh, County Clare and what have you in coastal areas. Uh, I've just spent some hours uh, corresponding advice via WhatsApp with one of my parents as they battled to keep my nephew's trampoline from flying out of the back garden in these dangerous, treacherous conditions. What would Theresa Mannion think? <laughs> On one Google search, it was obvious that this high-risk situation can be avoided. There are affordable trampoline anchors that are easy to install, readily available from Smiths and other retailers across the nation. I I suppose I'm reading this email out now after the horse has bolted, um, but there are options. Trampolines are now a common household object, especially after parents across the nation purchase them in an effort to keep their little ones entertained and active during the long and arduous lockdowns Ireland recently endured. There's no house nor a garden in Ireland without a trampoline in the back of it. Shocking images of compromised trampolines are emerging on our news feeds from across the nation. I'm appealing to you today to better inform the public on how to keep their trampolines anchored and safe during storms. On reading the product reviews, the aforementioned trampoline anchors seem to be very effective and have given parents and guardians peace of mind. Having lived in the stunning Kimberleys, Western Australia, for several cyclone seasons, pre-storm season, infographics and cyclone cleanups are a normal part of our life. The cyclone cleanup and tree trimming, etc. occurs before the storms come to create a more safe, responsible society. It's perhaps worth considering creating a similar system of advice, as in anchoring down your trampoline ahead of a storm. It's probably more relevant now to Irish weather, so that when the storm comes, parents and guardians are not out at risk outside wrestling their monstrous trampolines. Wishing you all the best for a busy season. It's a fabulously written email and thank you for it. Somewhat after the horse is bolted, I suppose. But for the next one, get the trampoline anchors. Get it done. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Paul, good morning. Just staying with the storm. Go ahead. Morning to you. Morning to you. How are you? I'm really good. good. Yeah, I'm good. What do you make of it all then with regards to Met Aaron and, and stuff like that? I'm ringing you from Dublin and I have to say hello to everybody in Cork yeah and, and I'll plough through the phone line keeps coming and going so drive on and yeah. we'll do the best we can go ahead we'll do our best I rang Mayor this morning and I asked him I says uh, uh, how come this orange weather warning that says uh, they keep on changing on a regular basis he says it's something to do with us Willie is the guy's name he answers the phone for Mayor so hello to Mayor and I want to know firstly he knows us the weather what? iPads or their, their, their smart devices or whatever. Why does everybody keep going to Met Aird in like 1980? <laughs> Do you understand? We can see it. We can see the storms. We can see exactly where it's going to hit. Are you just, well, I just lost you for a second. You were talking about the weather apps that you can get on your phone. Right. I use, I use an app for the last five years called VentuSky. I'm not here to promote the app. Can you spell I'm that for me? Because I'm a big fan of weather apps. What is it? Oh, bloody phone line. What is it? V-E-N-T-U-S-K-Y. V-E-N-T-U. 
SK White. Ventusky, okay. Ventusky. Right. I'm, I'm big into weather systems for the last five years. It, it's called being a, a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I ring Mayor up and I asked him, I asked him, I said, Who's to say, who decides on the orange warnings and everything else? I, I know Cork was hit heavy. But I have security cameras outside my house under the back of the house. And I've looked back over the last 48 hours. There's nothing, there's no big change in anything. And they shut all the schools down. Do you understand? Uh, well, I mean, you obviously did look. You had a wind app, I'm sure. And you could yeah. see it off the West Coast. Come on. But the elderly people that are in care homes don't have smart devices. They're not looking at this. Their go-to is RTE for the news. Uh, it's just unbelievable in 2021 that everyone is swallowing everything. Listen, one of the, uh, let's say, the main network companies that gives me the TV, I took it out of the house and I just kept our, I kept our broadband and I kept Netflix in the house just to have something on the TV. I stopped watching the numbers and the HSC and the rubbish. It's CV19, CV20, CV21, and we're going into CV22. And as I said, we're, we're here to stomach this crap that's being given to us on a daily basis. Listen, here's a good one. What's the good one? Nah, guys, another problematic day with our phone line. Sorry about that. Um, I thought we'd that rectified uh, yesterday after phones out Monday, but clearly we've still got ongoing problems. Sorry about that, Paul. Let me just try another one and see how we get on with it. Julie, good morning. Oh, hi, hi, Neil. How are you? Thank you for coming back to me. Thank you. Go ahead. You were on earlier. Yeah. Um, I was. I was on with yourselves there earlier. Um, just to say, I couldn't get my vaccine from the, um, till the seventh of January for the boost, wasn't it? That's it, yeah, yeah, the 7th of January, yeah. and um, uh, you're just amazing. Um, Wallace's Pharmacy here in Balabalan um, are going to give you the vaccine today, so... How do you, you swing that? Do they... uh, I think I think he must have swung it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. hang on a second. Uh, Brenda Dennehy uh, got yeah. Wallace's Pharmacy to give you the booster, is it? That's it. Natalie from Wallace's Pharmacy heard this morning. She heard me on the call to yourselves there and um, the she contacted Brenda you. to say, send me up and they're going to give me, I'm just with Mars there now and they're going to give me the booster so I don't have to wait till the 7th of January. Ah, so that's that's just, uh, listen, thank you so much to all of you. So I can all have right. a, a Christmas now feeling secure and, and safe with my, my booster that I'm glad, so glad to get. So and thank you, you so much okay. to Brenda. And it, it seems, to it seems all that all booster, in fairness, um, I kind of take a leave it, I go with the flow, but it seems to give you an awful lot of uh, confidence, does it? It does, because I have an underlying illness, so it uh, does. Yeah. And also my son, is uh, we're expecting the first grandchild. You know, his, his girlfriend is expecting in February. So she's obviously very cautious as well, and she just gives a little bit of peace of mind for me over the Christmas period. You well, know, you're, all topped, you're all so topped up you like so the Duracell bunny, and you're good to go. Happy to, <laughs> happy to be able to help you, Julie. Take care. Uh, well, happy Christmas to you and all the team, and thanks a million to Brenda and Natalie up here and at Wallace's Pharmacy. They're fantastic. Thank get you it, so get much. It, get Power it into radio. your arm. Power Radio is right. Cheers, girl. Thanks. Take okay, care. Happy Christmas. You too. Bye. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. All right. With a 200 euro voucher every day this week for Michelle Jewellers. All except for Friday. Because on Friday, it's a 1,000 euro voucher for Michelle Jewellers. 60 years of business in Cork. Family run business. And Tim Keane and all the staff will look after you. So we're talking about bling. We're talking about shiny things and gold and diamonds and silver and all things like that so we pick songs with that in mind three songs don't call just yet 
I'll open the phone lines about 10 minutes time so these three songs artists and titles in the right order fairly straightforward then I'll open the phone lines have a listen <laughs> All right, Dim Tree in the right order, ideally, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. When you hear them again, get on the phone with a uh, €200 Euro voucher to give away again today and a grand on Friday. Friday is the big ticket item. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Talk about big ticket items. Let's say big ticket items going cheaply. This is gas. Mags, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Right. Okay. I mean, some people would absolutely believe anything. So tell me about this. You're the Ballancolly oh. Community Hub Administrator on Facebook. Did you come across this on Facebook? Oh, I tell you, Neil. Look, you have a group on Facebook and, you know, things get shared on it. And look, as, as you know, with the, the COVID that's going on at the moment, there's all sorts of things. So you try and find something that will give a little bit of a giggle to your group. Yeah. So Mags came across, I stole... Um, a, 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 a comment that was up in another group and I put, posted it into my own group and basically the comment went along the lines of oh my god can't believe Tesco are selling 55 inch Samsung TVs for forty nine ninety nine because there's a fault with the volume button you can't turn that down at that so, price you can't turn it down exactly <laughs> at that price you can't turn it down something to that effect anyway Neil. Boom, so boom. I threw it up yeah. threw it up into the group and I put a couple of emojis you know like a kind of a <laughs> monkey face and a laughing face <laughs> so I put it up anyway it was about 3 o'clock I put it up went up to the school collected my kids and went up and done a bit of shopping came down home and I had a look at it it was after getting a bit of a there was a bit of comments and stuff went in. As they so say, I, a bit of traction. <laughs> yeah, a bit of traction. It was gaining it or whatever. And I, I wrote in, I said, because uh, there was one woman and she put in something to the effect of like, I don't know, can't remember what she wrote in, but I just had to write in, lads, this is a joke. <laughs> so we just made sure that I told people it was a joke. So when about would half an hour later, I got a text message from Messenger, a friend of mine who works up in Tesco. They said to me, Mags, you're not going to believe this, <laughs> but we just, had a customer in asking about defective TV for forty nine ninety nine, and I said, "Oh my god!" And I said, Are "You serious?" And this person said, "Yes." They said, "I didn't know what to say, Max." And then I went on my lunch break and I had a look at your Facebook and I discovered this is what they run about. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I felt so bad, me, for this poor person who believed what they read on my Facebook page and went away up to Tesco. Looking for a 49 55-inch oh, Samsung television with a faulty volume button. Like, you can't <laughs> turn it down. So that was, that was the funny part of it. So then I, I, I was sitting there going, oh my God, how many other people are after falling for it? So I decided, look, put up another post, Mags, and just explain to everybody, look, that it was a joke and that someone's after going up to Tesco and they're after asking about a 55, a 55-inch defective TV. Well... <laughs> The joke that went out first, this part was funnier than the joke that was actually out there at the start. <laughs> so it just snowballed, Neil. Everybody got a great kick out of it. Um, I had another man, um, and he said to me, Jesus, Max, I was actually ringing Tesco, and I went and had a look at your comments, and then I spotted that it was a joke. He said, I was literally ringing Tesco. He said, ask him about this TV. <laughs> then there was another lady who said to me, she said, Max, I went into my sitting room, and I was reading out your post to my husband, and he just looked at me a bit stupid and thought, come here, girl, like, 
you're after getting caught oh, you must have been but it goes to show thing. Yeah, it really goes to show how people can be caught or you if, can get caught or a charlatan or, or you know a salesperson could could fool you and trick you you know the thing is Neil you, right? you swallow I it I worked in Super Value for years and there was a gentleman used to come into me and when we were bringing out the real rewards back in the day I remember this fella said to me Jesus man he said you'd sell anything and here I am now laughing many years later thinking yeah I'm sending people up to Tesco getting defective TVs for 15 minutes. you know the Balancholic uh, Community Hub uh, Facebook page you should put one of those up every week I think you know but you see Neil that's what we were like, doing for here's guys. the next one do you remember this one from years ago lost pet dog three legs answers to the name of Lucky <laughs> <laughs> oh Neil but this is the thing right I, I as I say I have that group and you know there's all different things coming to it but like we do, we used to do something called Feel Good Friday it was just put something up put people in a good mood and give them a laugh well Jesus this one went up anyway and I wasn't expecting to get such a laugh <laughs> off it and the thing is I got a text then as well at about one o'clock in the morning from some fella I don't know was he, did he get the hump because he got caught out or whatever but Jesus, he was ranting to me then saying, are you getting paid from Tesco for sending us all up there for putting this shite up on Facebook <laughs> and all this carry on? Oh, Neil, I didn't know where to go. He clearly went this, into Tesco as well looking oh, for the I, I was thinking that too in, in my head, but I said nothing out loud. But <laughs> look, it was very funny. It gave a great buzz. And the thing was, I stole it from another Facebook page as well, which is making me even laugh about it even more. So, you know, when you copy and paste these things and they just go wild. But, Aaron, uh, look, it was fun. I love and it, it, I love it. Fair play yeah, to I'm you. Yeah, I'm still getting slagging now. I can't put anything up on my group. No, you, keep, you need to keep doing that because obviously uh, people oh, will get a good laugh out of it. Do you know what? And that's it. I said, life is too short, you know. You just kind of... Ah, that's got to be that's got to be worth a couple of Oak Fire pizzas in fairness to you. Ah, you're a sweetheart. Oh, but come here before you go away in Olinia, right? Yeah. I was on to you about three years ago and you had a topic on on the day and you were asking about people that had old items at home, you know, like radios and stuff. Yeah. Well, I remember I was on to you about my Lelytron uh, Futuristic 22. It was made in 1988. Well, Lelytron, what is it? It's a, an alarm clock radio, an alarm clock radio. I was actually on the air maybe three years ago talking uh, to you about it. How old is it? And it was made in 1988. It was 33 years old. And unfortunately, Neil, it's gone. I My my, my device for listening to it. Did it morning, die or something? It did. The area popped out the back of it and sure looked as 1988. There's no way you can get it fixed again. So I'm heartbroken, Neil. My why, don't you stick a, why don't you stick um, a coat hanger in it, a metal coat hanger? I, t- I actually took it apart the other day now when I tried everything. I took an aerial off another radio and everything trying that. Nah, it's just ghost. But sure, look, I've I made guarantee you, I, Max, anyway. I guarantee you there is somebody listening here right now that can put that back together again and get it working. Oh, never thought of that. Me, no, I, be, I bet you there is someone out there that tinkers with radios and stuff like that in the shed or, in, I don't know, up in the attic mm. or whatever. And they'll well, get that sorted. Get on to the Balancholic Community Hall there if, they, if, they, if anyone can fix the Lilloytron Futuristic. Lilloytron Futuristic, is it? It certainly lived up to its name, didn't it? Certainly lived up to its name. A gas name, isn't it? Yeah, a gas name. All right, so a couple of pizzas, a couple of a couple of pizzas then, and a repair on the little transistor radio. Ah, you're a diamond, Listen, and the moral of the story is just be careful of what you. Bot on Facebook, check the comments or maybe even give me a message if you see something in the group that you're not too. Oh, do you know, the admin of a group always gives them a message or something. Just if in doubt, check it out. <laughs>
if in doubt check it out good luck it, take care it? cheers man Please, thanks a million all take the best care. Bye, all bye, the bye, best bye. Uh, Lord Mayor I was nearly going to say Lord Mayor of Cork but certainly Lord Mayor of Ballancolic I'd say uh, anyway lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Mary Hello, Neil. How are you? Are you up in a bit of a heap? You are? Or is it your daughter's oh, up in a bit of a heap? No, no, no. It's just her birthday is tomorrow, and I would just love to give her something just for the Christmas, you know, to cheer her up. And I don't know. Her I birthday Her birthday is tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, it is indeed. Okay. Where is yeah. she? She's in Scotland. I heard there was a problem with the Christmas dinner, was there? Well, yeah, they don't get it in the. The what? in other places where she worked but not up there no I'm very sorry no, I missed all of that can you just tell me again why Why is she going to miss alright ah, yeah, but look what can you do you know that's not you know but uh, no but tell no hang on a second Mary Mary the phone line is dreadful why can't she have Christmas dinner is she a nurse or something yeah but she's a radiographer right but it's just not on like they don't do that they don't do that in that hospital that's not their policy you mean she's working Christmas day working yeah 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 they just have, you know, they don't, she didn't have it last year and she didn't, said she, they won't do this year. How come she you always know? gets to work Christmas Day? Well, well, she lets the married women off because they like to be with their family and children, you know, that's the only reason. And Is that fair? Because, yeah, that's fair enough of her really, I thought it was good, you know, because yeah, last year then she couldn't come because of the covid Travels, she just wouldn't, you know. Would the married, would the married women ask her to swap with her kind of thing? She kind of offers if she feels sorry for them because they like to be with their kids and family, you know. Yeah, you know she doesn't really, you know, you know she doesn't right. really mind. Okay. Yeah, you know she's good enough that way. Like, you know she's, you know she's like to see them happier than than us <laughs> kind of, you know. But then it doesn't matter. And yeah, all I was just saying is that <laughs> I was just thinking of a little hamper. You know, I thought that was, was nice when you were giving them out there all the week. You know, you know those been, just like home hampers. They don't go yeah. to the they don't go to the UK anymore because of Brexit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah, yeah. So unless unless someone's going over, unless someone's going, yeah. unless someone's going over in an Arctic truck, maybe. Oh, for God's sake! Forget it, forget it. Forget it. Not at all. Not at I all. Put one in the passenger seat for her, something like that. <laughs> you never know. Maybe somebody is traveling to Scotland. Yeah, I was doing just something like, you know, the, the usual ones that they like, you know, the potato crisps. I know, I know, I know. Brexit put the kibosh on an awful lot of things for the UK, you know, and also for us with uh, regards to mm-hmm, stuff going mm-hmm, back and I forth. I know, I know. Don't so, worry about it. That's it. But, I just but, said I, but I, I you never know. You never know who might be listening. If I can get one to her, I will. So when did you see her last? It's a couple of years, is um, it? She, no, it's not. No, no, no. She was home, actually, and uh, she just went back because she had to take the... The week off before, um, you know, when she you knows she's working, so she decided then to have to come over for the Christmas. Oh, okay, okay. You know, but okay. we didn't have a Christmas dinner or anything like that. Bonus it was just fun. too early. She's really. You know? ma- <laughs> it's just her birthday is tomorrow, and I. Happy birthday you to know. her. You never know. Let me see what I can sort out. I'm, I can't promise no, anything. You never know. Yeah, idea's terrible. Thanks for that. Let me get another one on the air before I finish for the day of the Senate. And good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Now, I believe that you have a lovely Christmas tradition to share with us. Is that right? Uh, I could I could write a book on them. Go away. And I'm sure anybody my age could as well. So the magical time of the year for us, you say, we didn't have an awful lot, but on Christmas Eve you had simple traditions. Like what? Right. Um, Christmas Eve you start with, once it started getting dark, we had tea. And mum would take out the Christmas cake and she'd cut us a thinnest little sliver because it had to last all over Christmas for visitors. But once that was done, we knew it was time to hang up the stockings. So we used to run, helter-skelter, the six of us, 
into dad's drawer to get dad's sock but we wanted to get the biggest one so the two elders my, myself included it was aimed for the longest and the widest sock the most stretched and um, I just remember one year giggling kind of naughtily myself and my sister at my younger brother who had thought he'd got a great deal. He'd got dad's sock, but actually the whole bottom of it was gone. So whatever sand he was going to put into that sock was going to fall right out the other end. So he wasn't doing very well. But I could think of hundreds of stories. I just think children today are experiencing a much different Christmas to what we had in the 60s. Did you only guess... What was in the sock? Were there any gifts under the no, tree? No, no, there, there was a gift as well. One was it? No. Yeah, there was. Oh, yeah, one. There was. One and what gift. would be in the Christmas stocking? Oh, there was oranges at the bottom always. So, so the orange definitely yeah. fell out of your brother's sock anyway. <laughs> well, I, I I can't remember, but I just remember that moment of laughing, thinking, "Oh Jesus, he's lost out anyway." <laughs> but um, we always got a toothbrush. Oh, for God's sake! What? Well, got a handkerchief anyway. Yeah, an 90s. orange, a toothbrush, and a handkerchief. You can keep it. Listen to me back then. These were luxuries. Um, a few sweets. Um, the, the box was open, and a few sweets that night. Um, what else was there? Maybe a little tiny toy. You know, Santi was very good, and he put in maybe a pair and a pencil. The pencil was another one that we always got. Um, they were simpler times, weren't they? Oh, so simple. But other simple things. Um, I remember the year Santa gave me matching outfits for my doll. Didn't give me the doll, I got that the previous year. But the lovely made doll dress was the same material as our cushion covers in the good room at home. <laughs> and the cardigan and hat for the doll, I just thought Santa was so clever and so magical because the woolen clothes were matching uh, the cardigan and the matty coat that mum had just made for our new addition to the family Fair at play. the time. I just thought Santa was so special, so magical. He knew that I would love matching doll's clothes to match the outfits of my baby brother and the cushion covers. Oh now. my God. Things that mothers yeah. used to do. Isn't it true? Uh, yeah. Listen to me. Santa was great. Um, I'm aware kids are off school today. Missing cribs after Christmas. That was the big highlight of the Did week. you live in the city or the county? Um, it was outside the city at the time, but it's in the city now, so we were living in Wilson direction. Okay, okay. But okay. I remember the, the, the joy and the excitement of getting ready and walking to the local crib and thanking baby Jesus for the beautiful gift he had given us and then praying for the black babies who never had Santi visiting them. I could never understand why Santi didn't do his magic and get to them. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the simple happy things that we were so happy with. I remember... The jar of pickled onions just go on the table every Christmas day, and I used to think, "Oh, yeah." Uh, I'd say the same. Yeah, oh, what the hell? Where are you going to? Yeah. Granny loved the pickled onions, so they used to be on the table. So it was a. I'd say you didn't time. fancy kissing your granny all that often, did you? <laughs> <laughs> ah, we made up another way. <laughs> the I remember onions. thinking, "How could anyone eat those pickled onions?" <laughs> but it was such a such a different different world. But it was magical, and it was because I mean. Christmas Day only came once once in the year and as a child that seemed in eternity waiting for the next year but it was just so different and we expected so little and got so little yeah. that Christmas Day was very oh, magical the demands on families now and parents is horrendous it really is, yeah, it is, you know, it that's, is. The that's, that's the world we live in that's the world we live in listen I t- I'd say I could be talking to you for the next half hour but we'll leave it at I that listening to you it has brought it all back to me and I was actually on the phone to my brother and we were discussing it so 
at the moment I'm trying to I mean this hasn't changed I'm trying to get the crib I'm trying to get the the angel up on top of the Christmas tree and she keeps falling down on top of me so that hasn't changed I remember doing that with daddy when I was <laughs> a lot of people use the same angel year in, year out. What's a good idea for people to do is get one of your children when they're very small to make an angel out of maybe toilet roll or something, you know? Well, and then use that year in, year out. We have that, but being honest, it's down at the bottom of the tree. We have decorations here, and I'd say 60% of the tree are made of the kids going through school there. Oh, well done. There's a yogurt person here, that's a little bell. Here it. That's a little bell somebody made at school. And there's a beautiful angel that was made of lolly sticks. So some of the traditions are still beautiful, you know, and simple. You covered a lot of traditions this morning, and thank you for it. I'm going to head oh. away now, but I want to give you a 500 euro voucher for the Furniture Centre in Blackpool for oh your contribution. <laughs> I'd say I could talk to you all morning, but it's lovely chatting with you. Buy something nice for the house. I'd say you're very house proud. Get yourself sorted with a voucher for the Furniture Centre, okay? Oh, Neil, thanks a million. All right, Anne, take care. Stay on hold, we get an address. What a lovely lady. I'd say she's chock full of memories. And you should be too, so text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. Final bit of business this morning, a 200 euro voucher for Michelle Jewellers. And on Friday, that moves up to a 1,000 euro voucher. So three songs in the correct order, lads. In the correct order, that's very important. These songs on 1850104106, they're all bling-related. Right, we'll take caller 10 on 1850 104 106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 1850 104 106. Red FM. Okay, uh, caller 10 is Jerry Brett. He's in Glen Cool and Balancholic. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, knowing you now, us men, we win vouchers for jeweler shops and we give them to women. Is that what you're going to do with it? Very much so, very much so. Does any man keep it for himself? No, <laughs> All right, pal, well, listen, a 200 euro voucher for Michelle Jewelers for the woman in your life. But you need to identify these three songs as you hear them played. Are you ready to do it? Yes, indeed. Here we go. I don't think you are ready, are you? Do you want to do it again and just... Uh, just no, hang on a second. No, wait, we'll, do it, we'll do it right, just for the laugh. When you hear the song, just shout out the name, artist and title. Here we go. Off you go. Diamonds in the Souls of Her Shoes, Paul Simon. Diamonds by Rihanna. Manic Monday by the Bengals. Well done, kid. A 200 euro voucher for you from whoever you choose to pass it on to. Well done, Jerry. Take, take care. Thanks for taking the call. Well done. Great. Tomorrow, Thank another 200 euro voucher for Michelle. And on Friday, a 1,000 euro voucher for all of the business, including our Christmas traditions. Get in touch. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.